Is this on? <laughs> Yo, Jimmy, hit me with that Triple H. Just in case you've forgotten. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the two-time wrestling radio show of the year. Wrestling News Live. The bad boys of wrestling radio, the Trey Dog. We will never use the words shit, f, God, Jesus, fit, or any other racial or sexual slurs. And JJ Sexay. I did not. I repeat, I did not sleep with that young intern. As a matter of fact, I was up. Night. Wrestling News Live. For the fans, by the fans. That's right, the franchise is back. Wrestling News Live. Demanding more respect from you starting now. Here are your hosts, the Trey Dog and JJ Sexay. All right, guys, good evening. Welcome to another edition of Wrestling News Live. Right here on the SNS Radio Network. Of course, I am Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ Sexay. I'm going to be honest, kind of a mood tonight, so bear with me. If I'm a little sarcastic, if I'm a little mean, if I'm a little nasty, it's because I'm in a shitty mood. But with that <laughs> said, <laughs> anything could happen here on the SNS Radio Network, especially right here on Wrestling News Live. But with that said, joining me is the host. Of Wrestling News Live, ladies and gentlemen, the Trey Dog is off the leash, and he's in the house. Don't piss me off! They say I'm cocky, and I say 
Monday Night Football at the same time. So, just be prepared. I'm telling you, this is a big game for me because not only is it my team's opening night, but this was a big rivalry in my house for many, many years where JSK, the Charger fan, and I, the Chief fan, we would have many, many, many a shit-talking afternoons watching this very game, Chargers and Chiefs. i got to be honest with you, the Chiefs are putting it all on the Chargers right now. In the first half, 21-7, to looking real good right now. So I'm very happy with the way my team has looked to start the 2010 season. Well, good for you, Trey. <laughs> good for you, my friend. I've also got an issue with my my new laptop for some reason. It just started. Then it well, it actually started the night you interviewed Shelley on Unplugged. So, what, are, are you trying to say that Shelley Martinez gave you a virus? No, not well. I wouldn't say she gave me a virus, but. For some reason that night, my headset didn't want to work. I got it fixed, but tonight, you sound like you're broadcasting from inside of the tunnel. Now, they say you sound fine in the chat room, so it's not you, it's me. That's weird. But it's like you've got a... I wouldn't say you're in a tunnel. I'd say you recorded your voice on Winnet or on Cool Edit and added reverb. So there's a lot of echo, 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 echo. Not that bad. No, it's just a little slight reverb, but it's still, it sounds a little weird. I don't know. Okay, well, I guess we'll have to make do. I don't know what it is on my end, but I obviously and had some I'm issues. Afraid to, I'm afraid to touch anything on my end because I might mess it up and I might not even be able to hear you at all. No, you, you're coming in fine on my end, so uh, I guess as long as you can put up with me sounding like I'm in a tin can or broadcasting from a bathroom, I guess we're okay. Live from a porta potty outside the event area for WWE Raw, JJ Sexay. Well, that could happen soon enough. Let's address uh, the big purple dinosaur. I'm not talking about Barney. Normally, we would go into our Raw recap with Josh Pedra. Um, that's gonna that's changed. Uh, JJ, how do you want to address this? What you how do you want to do this? Well. I want to say at this time, and I'm not going to sit here and disparage anybody because I have a lot of respect for Josh Pedra, but uh, he has apparently taken a leave from WNL, so it looks like the Raw recap will not happen with Josh Pedra. We're not going to bring anybody else in to recap. Uh, he was not fired. I just want to make it known now. We didn't future Endeavor, Josh. He's not going to TNA. He's not going to TNA, you know, but... Uh, I wish him well in whatever he's doing, and, you know, that's really all I'm, I'm going to comment on at this point in time. The the door is wide open for JP's return whenever he decides to do so. So until that point comes, yours truly and JJ Sexay will uh, discuss Raw and recap it for you ourselves. Absolutely. How's that? Yeah. We'll miss Josh. He's a good guy, man. Like I said, there's no hard feelings on my end, so... No, and like I said, door's always open. When he gets some things lined out and wants to return, he's more than welcome. 
Absolutely. And I do want to go ahead and make a big announcement right off the top. You know, normally every Tuesday on the SNS Radio Network, I do this little show called Unplugged. Used to be about recapping NXT. It also used to be about covering video games. Well, I'm going to put this out there right now. As of tomorrow and the next week, so the next two weeks, I am taking a hiatus from Unplugged on Tuesday nights so that I can restructure the show, rebrand it, figure out the direction that it's going in. It's not canceled. It's not done. I just want to be able to get everything, all my ducks in a row, and kind of hit the restart button and see what happens. With that said... Don't worry, you will have content tomorrow night on this very network. Uh, I spoke with with Charles Shane of Cause.ws today. And we have finally rebooked the interview we were supposed to have last Friday night. So there will be an episode of the CauseCast with myself and Charles Shane tomorrow night right here on the SNS Radio Network starting at, I believe, 9.30 Eastern, which is 7.30 Mountain Standard Time. And we will have Marcus Stevenson of THQ come on. We'll be taking calls and answering your questions. So that's going to go on tomorrow night instead of Unplugged. And like I said, the show's not canceled. It's coming back. I just need to restructure some things. So there you have it. Now, the business is out of the way. Got it all off my chest. Now we can have fun watching my Chiefs beat the Chargers and continue with Wrestling News Live. Let's do it. Um, go ahead, I guess, hit the raw sounder, dude. Let's dive into it. Oh, see, I don't have the raw sounder. You know why? Because I had everything in my Winamp, and then I had to reopen it, and so I don't have that particular sounder. You know, that's the one problem I have with uh, the Shoutcast stuff, is that Winamp likes to lock up on me. I don't know why. I guess it's not just me. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I meant to save it. I I usually don't have a problem with Winamp. Usually, UStream is the bitch around here. But for some reason, I went from changing um, the sound settings while we were broadcasting. I went straight from Winamp to SoundCard so they could hear us talking, and it just died on me. No response. All right. Well, we'll just dive into Raw. Oh, here's how we'll do it. What the <laughs> fuck was that? That's the best I can do right now. That was worse than my fucking general manager email sounder last week. And that was pretty bad. Oh, I don't know. It doesn't get much worse than that, dude. Oh, my God. Yeah, let's start things off with Raw. I liked the beginning of the show. The fact that the roulette is back after, what, about a three-year hiatus on Monday Night oh, Raw? It was, the, it was the season premiere. Oh, yes. The season premiere. Which is weird because they didn't have a season finale because they're on 52 weeks out of the year. So neither here nor there. Raw Roulette was back tonight. I missed the first 10 minutes or so of Raw. So if something major went down, you're going to have to cover that. Uh, Let's see. What did go down the first couple of minutes? Well, they spun the wheel, made the deal. (laughs) I've been waiting to use that one for a while. And uh, it turns out the main event between John Cena and Randy Orton was going to be a tables match. Yay. We all love tables. So, Ocho Cinco, Chad Johnson, 
the special guest general manager. Um, to be honest with you, tonight's Raw was... It was entertaining, but it wasn't necessarily what I would consider a real go-home show. I mean, they gimmicked it up with the wheel, obviously, but I mean, they were they were more. I mean, if you really if you really break it down, tonight's show they really seemed to be more out for your entertainment value than your wrestling value. Does that make sense? It does, because you had things like. The uh, gold, the gold dust regal thing, which wasn't for anything but entertainment. I mean, that's all it was was for a good laugh to see Regal come out as gold dust, and to see gold dust as Regal. Quite, quite frankly, um, I don't know where they're going with this general manager thing, but it would be interesting if uh, they had the actual. Edge winning the belt and holding it tight, holding the title, you know, ransom basically to find out who the GM is. But judging from what I saw tonight, um, it's wide open in that six pack challenge on the pay per view. It is. Uh, I hate to kind of break away from Raw, but we are obviously running a little bit late tonight. Uh, joining me on the phone line right now is Nick Paglino of WrestleZone.com. It's time we got in the zone. We'll get back to Raw here in just a few moments. Nick, what's going on? Guys, thanks for uh, for having me back on the show. Some Actually, some, some pretty decent developments tonight as Raw was going on and before that as well. Well, hit uh, well do, do tell because I haven't seen anything uh, since this afternoon, so... Bring it down well, for I us. would say the, uh, the the lead story coming out of Raw tonight, uh, I was uh, notified by email from uh, a WrestleZone reader who was live at the taping tonight. Ezekiel Jackson did return to WWE. He competed in the dark match of the evening. Uh, he defeated Zack Ryder. Uh, so it, it remains to be seen whether or not he's going to be on the Raw roster, or will he compete in a dark match tomorrow night at the SmackDown tapings as well? But all indications tonight are that he is back, he is 100%, he's ready to return, and he uh, returned on Raw tonight. My question for you is, what's going on with Matt Hardy? And that's the, that's the, that seems to be the other big question of the day and the night, and you know, the latest that I'm getting is that, you know, he may have posted that video last night, of course, claiming that he's still, well, proving that he still was in the U.K., uh, which may have denied reports that he was sent home. But the fact still remains that he did not work the third European house show, uh, which took place yesterday, Sunday. He did work the first two but he mysteriously did not work the third show. He was pulled from that show, and in, throughout that entire video spiel that he posted last night, he never explained why he didn't work that show. So, you know, while it, he may have proved that he wasn't exactly sent home, you know, the, the question still remained as to why he did not work that third show event yesterday. And I guess the answer to all of our questions will be whether or not he works the SmackDown taping tomorrow night in Detroit because, you know, we 
he still has not addressed that issue. And I find it a bit suspicious that he talked about everything else, but didn't mention why he didn't work the show yesterday. That is odd. It was almost like he button hooked us with his questioning because, you know, the whole thing, like you said, was that Matt Hardy's been sent home. And then he taped that video basically to show, you know, ha ha, you're, you're wrong. You posted something that wasn't true. I'm still here. Well, yeah, you're still there, but the fact remains you're still on punishment because you're you're not working the show. Doesn't matter if you there were tourists there that weren't working the WWE show. That doesn't mean you know that doesn't mean anything. So I just I saw all this going down last night, and I thought you know today we would get some light shed on the subject, and then I see that you know, because of him doing the video now, he's even in more hot water with the WWE. Well, that's got to be true, you know, and, and yeah, I'm, I'm, reading, I'm reading the same uh, reports. You know, I can't imagine that WWE is pleased with him being this outspoken about everything. You know, I mean, there is stuff reported about every wrestler every single day online, and nobody responds to anything. It seems like Matt Hardy is the only guy that takes it upon himself to respond to everything that's reported about him. You know, and I'm sure WWE does not want him going out there and filming himself and, 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 and I mean, hell, he even put over a dirt sheet on the video. I mean, he took a, a, a he, he, there was a very clear clip of a dirt sheet website on his video. I cannot imagine WWE wants that kind of publicity for dirt sheet websites. They don't want that, you know, and, and he's been very outspoken in the past on his Twitters about his, his health and, and how he, you know, whether or not he had been held back and reaching his potential. And, you know, all in all, he can, he can do what he wants as far as posting these updates. But I can't see how any of this actually helps his cause with WWE Manning. No, I, you know what? I, I completely agree. Here's the thing with, with Matt Hardy that, kind of, <laughs> that I kind of sit and laugh about. Watching that video, him calling out the pro wrestling torch and talking about how they had a problem with him and they want to report all this false BS. He shows a picture of his brother, Jeff. Oh, I love Jeff. You know, like, okay, well, he's your brother. We, we kind of expect that, Matt. But, you know, nice of you to bring him up. I mean, let's face it, guys. Let's be real honest. He wasn't real clear on anything as it relates to I'm going to do what I need to do to get back where I need to be. I, I literally thought that was some kind of scripted promo where he was just BSing and, and you know, uh, he had nothing really to say. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to put the clock. I'm going to put I'm going to put the countdown here right now. Mark tape. I'm starting it right here on Wrestling News Live. I give Matt Hardy six months before he's in TNA with his brother Jeff as the tag team champions from today. Six months from now, he's future endeavored. He's working for TNA. Well, I wouldn't say that you're wrong on that. I mean, if you remember when he got let go, the, 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 the well, what time was it? I mean, when he got let go from the WWE over the edge and lead of thing, when his knee was all torn up, he was cutting those angelic Diablo promos, and every video he did was a, was a, was a promo, was a wrestling promo. You know, even when he was talking about getting revenge on his ex-girlfriend, he was cutting wrestling promos. Only difference is this one didn't make any damn sense. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and, and he is, Matt Hardy is notorious for saying, 
don't believe what you read on the internet. Don't believe the dirt sheets. Don't read the dirt sheets. Yet he is just as guilty as doing what any dirt sheet reporter does. You know, he's out there swerving the fans and working the fans with these, these, I don't know what, like you guys said, whether they're shoots or they're promos, nobody knows what to believe. You know, I remember a while back he posted something about, you know, um, I can't remember the exact gist of it, but everybody thought he was talking about Jeff Hardy, you know, when, and, and sure enough, he wasn't, he was actually talking about, you know, his neighbor's dog or something like that. But he words it in a way that, you know, now again, if he's trying to provide real information to his fans, well, really what he's doing is the same thing that he accuses any dirt sheet reporter of doing, which is posting false information or confusing the fan or working the fan. And, you know, I think last night's video shoot promo was just another example of that. Well, it'll be interesting to see if, and I said this a long time ago, Matt was kind of like Paul Heyman. They would keep him around and not use him just to keep him from going somewhere else. But it could be to a point now where they're like, ah, we got all we wanted out of you and we squeezed everything out of you that we can. Go ahead, take off. And he could be, like J.J. said, on his way to TNA. I mean, I, I, can, I can see it happening right now. Absolutely, you know. Um, so, that, so, you know, you got, uh, you got that. And, and again, you know, hey, WWE might not be that threatened. You know, so far, look what they, you know, he, Jeff Hardy was a top guy in WWE. You know, we've talked about this before. Look what he is in TNA. To be honest with you, I'm sure WWE thinks, all right, you know, go ahead, let Max Hardy go over to TNA. They're probably going to waste him much like they've wasted Jeff Hardy, you know, but, and they probably but, don't see it very much the threat. That could also work out in TNA's favor because neither one of them, it's kind of like neither one of them are dangerous until you put the two chemicals together. You put those two chemicals together, they could be dangerous again for the WWE, not like they're ever going to, you know, be the difference that makes TNA, you know, overtake the WWE. But like I said, you put the two of them together, they're a lot stronger as a unit than they are as individual wrestlers. I still believe that. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree with you. So other than the Matt Hardy Chronicles and, you know, Ezekiel Jackson coming back, what else is big news in the world of wrestling today? Well, there was a big uh, update uh, on Team 3D. At this point, uh, for those of you who are wondering what their issue is right now, they have not signed new deals with TNA right now. However, uh, both team members have reportedly agreed to work TNA's upcoming Northeast tour, uh, which includes New York City, Philadelphia, and New Jersey. We reported yesterday that they had been advertised for it. Um, and, uh, you know, I am also hearing that, you know, this might be the last time you quote unquote see team 3d. Um, and, and that was taken more, more likely to mean as a team rather than in TNA, but that might just be the way TNA wants it presented. You know, they probably want to get people out to see these shows. So they're kind of putting it over as, you know, this could be the last time you see Team 3D as a team. So make sure you get out to those shows, uh, you know, just trying to get as many people out there as they possibly could. Uh, but the latest on Team 3D is that they still have yet to actually sign new deals uh, with TNA. 
And it looks like they probably will, from all things, sign either individual contracts or some kind of an extension. Um, you know, we were talking about Twitter and tweets and messages and encrypted messages sent over the Internet. Uh, tell me more about this deal with Kevin Nash over the weekend. Uh, was it the epitome of drunk dialing, or was he just drunk tweeting, or how, how did that all work out? Well, actually, I... Uh... I, I can I can actually exclusively report to you guys, and and I didn't even put this up on the website um, because I'm still kind of working out the details. But I spoke to a source close to the situation, and apparently, what Nash was more upset about uh, was not anything that has to do with his TNA contract. From what I was told, uh, uh, Dixie Carter at the last set of Impact tapings did say, "Hey, you know, your contract is coming up." We need to renegotiate. However, no renegotiations had taken place. Uh, no money has actually been discussed at this point. And what Nash was actually more upset about was a potential miscue that happened at the last set of impact tapings where he was supposed to come out during a match. Uh, he was told to go out at a different time by a different producer than he originally thought. Uh, communication lines got crossed. He ended up going out possibly at the wrong time, and then he was blamed by someone else for going out at the wrong time. So he was actually upset about this miscue that happened at the impact tapings, and that's why he sort of went on this rant that he went on. Um, but again, that hasn't been absolutely confirmed. The details are still sketchy, and Meltzer uh, today actually was reporting that there's a 50-50 chance at this point that we're going to see Kevin Nash after Bound for Glory. And I think at this point, all signs are pointing to him likely being done with the company. Uh, but that, again, that hasn't been confirmed. If I had to guess, I would say the stuff that took place on Twitter the other night was definitely not a work. It was a shoot. But it remains to be seen exactly what's going to happen with him in TNA. Well, you know... I hate to admit this, and hell, hell might freeze over. Um, the only thing saving hell from freezing over is I didn't agree with the entire article, but I did agree with some of what Kevin said on Twitter, but I actually found myself agreeing with the bulk of Mark Madden's column on, Rus on WrestleZone today uh, where he talked about RVD being a pissant, and Big Kev, you know, being correct, um, RVD, we talked about this a week or so ago, coming out and saying that he's basically the savior for TNA and that, you know, it's sad that he's lumping Jeff Hardy into this because Jeff's kept his mouth shut. But Hardy's saying that he and Jeff Hardy are rock stars and they're what everybody's coming to see and, you know, some of these older guys don't need to be there and blah, 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 you know. Kevin's got a point. What has RVD done, and when was he ever selling out arenas as the main draw? Um, it's going to be interesting to see what ends up happening. Um, it's it's kind of funny that you know everybody talks about TNA and how they're so different from the WWE. This is a big part of it right here. Their talent just seems to go shooting off at the mouth whenever they want. And it, it it looks bad on the company as a whole. Well, I will admit that. Yes, it does. Oh, no, absolutely. And, you know, and I'm glad that you actually brought that up because 
you know, I've also been, according to some sources that I've been talking to, there is all sorts of heat on RVD for that blog that he posted. You know, I think it's a pretty pretty general feeling amongst everyone backstage that that was a pretty inappropriate blog to post uh, and that, you know, he really sort of sent a big message of disrespect to the guys in the locker room by posting that, especially when, if you look at the numbers, there's really no way you can justify what RVD is saying. Well, absolutely, and I think that TNA needs to step up and at Bound for Glory when it's Abyss and obviously RVD making his return uh you really at this point have to put abyss over rob van dam to make a point i mean the guy ran his mouth said a lot of things that he didn't need to say that weren't warranted he had nothing to back them up you know kevin nash former member of the nwo i mean helped book the nwo angle one of the uh, uh, quite honestly one of the biggest angles in professional wrestling history rvd was on top for what about a month and then he got pulled over with sabu for smoking pot and dropped both of his titles and was gone within six months of the wwe yeah he never drew anything except in absolutely. crayon absolutely yeah i couldn't agree and, with you guys more completely you know and what's really what's really weird about all this the timing of it all when he posted this blog he's sitting at home because He's already used up all of his dates, and he's not even under a Sting or a Kevin Nash-like contract. Do you think you're going to get one now? No. I, I mean, that's just that just doesn't make any sense to me. People in the chat room are talking about, you know, I brought up the fact that TNA needs to shut up sometimes as a talent roster on their Twitter and some of the things they post on their blogs. That obviously switched the conversation to Hogan taking a dump and putting it up on a video. It was funny because JJ and I were talking about how stupid that was, and then it hit me. You know, yeah, one, one Hogan's guilty for taking his shit on camera and putting it on, you know, the Internet for everybody to see. But the sad thing is everybody saw it because yeah. you went and watched it, even though it was just him taking a dump on camera. You went and watched it because it was Hogan. <laughs> so who's really who's really wrong here? No doubt, you know. And, and, that, well, and you know what? And you know, and I think I've got to be honest with you. I might be one of the only people in the world that thought it was smart. I mean, hey, if you if you don't if you think it's gross, you think it's disgusting, don't watch it. I really don't care. I think it's funny. I think people taking shit is funny. I mean, I have a twelve year old <laughs> sense of humor. Kind <laughs> people taking dumps is funny, but you know, Hogan didn't want false reports running wild about what he was doing. So he put a video camera in the hospital room and said, this is what I'm doing. You know, I'm in the hospital. Uh, I'm going to update you every day as to what's going on. Yeah, I'm going to even show you that I'm watching Raw tonight. And and now no one can can get online and report any false information about what's happening with them. No one can go online and say Hulk Hogan's in a coma because he's got the videotape to prove it. And, you know, I just think, you know, I think, I think what happened is, you know, this has been a very interesting week in wrestling as far as Nash blowing up, Matt Hardy posting a weird blog, uh, Hulk Hogan exposing his steamers online. You got know, all these personalities who are sort of exploding online. Let me be honest with you, Hulk Hogan is the one that I didn't mind the most because 
at least he was giving you a real update as to what was going on with him. That's true. And what's, re- what's, what's really funny about all of it is not only did he do it, not only did people watch it, but then today I'm on Twitter and I see that the Pope, D'Angelo De Niro, has made his own spoof video of the incident. It's great. I think it's great. I think the I just I wish he would have showed us if it sank or float. <laughs> yeah, if he could get it all. If he, I wanted to know if it was red and yellow, and if he got it down in one flush. <laughs> That's a perfect ending note for me. I'm going to go take a shit. <laughs> uh, well, 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 thank you for that, Nick. We appreciate that. Uh, with You're that, welcome. With that said, guys, that was uh, Nick Paglino, WrestleZone.com. Get in the zone. Definitely check out the website. Uh, shifting gears, Trey, I do believe we have a call on the line. Welcome to Wrestling News Live. Who's this? Welcome to Wrestling News Live. Who's this? Who's this? Are you kidding me? <laughs> it's the Furleys. It's the Furleys. In, a, in full effect. Good, uh, good evening, gentlemen. How are you? We're good. How are We're you, JB? I'm not too bad. Not too bad. Thanks for having me on. Hey, thanks hey, for coming on. Uh, thanks for thanks for coming on this late. You know, I mean, we realize that we don't we don't do a lot of guests on the show because of the time that we're on. But you know, with everything that's going down lately, I'm just I feel like at times, and JJ back me up on this because I feel at times when it comes to what we do, and I'm JB, I'm doing finger quotations here as wrestling media. I feel honestly like I'm alone on the TNA crusade. I feel like, you know, a lot of these people out there would rather jump on the cool bus and just say bad things about TNA as opposed to really giving it a chance. And for the last, I guess, month now, I've been on a real crusade against these people. So I thought it's time to bring you on. Get your thoughts. Um, I asked Eric Bischoff what he thought about the TNA haters, and he was very open and gave a very good answer. Um, please help me out here. I'm tired of being alone. Well, I guess it depends who you listen to. That's yeah, and that's the sad thing. It depends what your source of of information is. You know, my source of information is the, uh, you know, three thousand plus fans that I met over this last weekend in Ohio. Right. You know that that's those are those are the fans that I listen to. Uh, you know, I, I've met enough <laughs> met enough of the uh, fan base from people that are online and people that are not online and the, you know, million and a half people that tune in every Thursday night that you take everything in stride and the voice that you have, uh, not meaning you specifically, Trey, but as a fan, uh, is equal to me. And I, I think the, the fans that go to our live events and the fans that I talk to on a daily basis who tell me consistently they've been going to wrestling shows for 40 years 30 years uh, and have never experienced anything like a TNA live event, you know, I'm going to factor that in too. And uh, as far as the haters go online, I, you know, it, it's all how you perceive it. I, I don't want to bother me at all. I, I, I appreciate people's passionate views on this business and that they care enough to, to make those views. It's a, it's a, it's, it's something that, uh, you know, brings out a lot of emotions in people, and I think that's a good thing. I think people that, uh, you know, I would be scared if nobody cared at all. 
I think I think my biggest beef though is that in today's time and being a guy who works in FM radio, I hate the rating system on radio. I hate the rating system on television. You know, and that's unfortunately what people base a lot of things by. They see that you know TNA drew a one point one or a one point two, and they think that's a failure, and it's not. You know, I mean, there's only so many people actually being asked what they're watching on a Thursday night. They don't understand that they take that number and they use it as a percentage with the rest of the United States to try to figure out television ratings. That's not necessarily saying that that's you know that's what everybody's watching. That's just what that ten percent of the people that were polled are watching. Well, you know, and, and even if the uh, the rating number is, you know, it is what it is in different places around the world, you know, we're consistently the top-rated wrestling show in the United Kingdom. Uh, we're consistently top-rated show in, in Australia. So there are a lot of places you can look to and uh, and judge the success. The success, to me, though, is the bottom line. Uh, this is a wrestling business, emphasis on business, and, you know, as long as, you know, we can go out this last weekend and, and tour Ohio and do different cities and come back with a, a good profit from the weekend and make a lot of new fans and convert a lot of people and, and get people hooked on our show, uh, you know, that's a success. So you, you can judge success in different ways. Uh, you know, obviously television ratings are, are what come out every week and they're easy to kind of judge things by. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of different ways that you can judge what's working and what's not. Yeah, I mean, I, I even went online today to TNAWrestling.com to find out exactly when you guys are going to be in Oklahoma City. I wanted to try to get my VIP tickets, and they're already sold out. So. Yeah, and that's, you know, there's there's different things that you can, uh, you know, our, our program uh, on television and our live events, you know, there's a different feel, obviously, with the live events because it's not a television program. And, you know, I'm not so sure that's such a... You know, the, the creative needs to represent what the television is, but at the same time, when you come to our show, it isn't about the television show. It's about the fans that are there. And I would almost say it's in some ways opposite in Orlando at our television studios where the fans are there to be part of a television show. Uh, when you're going to a TNA Live event, you're there, uh, we're there for the fans that pay their money to see it. So I think when you look at the, the people that are served or being served, the fans that go to our live events are coming out of an, with an experience that they've never had before. And, uh, you know, I just base that off of the fact that when we started doing these shows and, you know, you never see a bad review of our live events. It's just consistently uh, fans just love it. And that's one thing I'm really proud of. And it's been a constant evolution for us to give fans something that they've never had before. And in this day and age when the entertainment dollar is – uh, harder and harder to come by. You have to give more. You have to put in the effort. Our guys don't ever phone our shows in. They never uh, do anything but the best. And if we've had shows that haven't had great attendance. You know, it's been uh, it's tough going out there some nights with with 800 people versus 2,000. And uh, but whatever it is, our talent always gives 110 percent, and the show has been consistently uh, something that's delivered for the fan base that they keep coming back on. And that, to me, is another measure of success for us. We're talking with Jeremy Borash from TNA Wrestling right here on Wrestling News Live, the Sunday Night Showdown Network. And, JB, i got to tell you, now, I'm, I'm considered the TNA whore of the Internet wrestling media, but <laughs> as, as a fan of wrestling, 
I sit and I watch shows, and we're not here to get in a pissing contest, but I sit here and watch shows like the WWE 900th episode, and I scratch my head and go, why did I waste my time? And I watch shows like I did tonight where they've got wrestlers singing in the ring and dancing rather than wrestle. And then I watch a TNA show where I'm getting two hours of solid wrestling, you know, and then I'm getting another hour, you know, with the show that comes on after reaction. And I'm, I'm like, I'm really impressed with what TNA has going on television wise right now. A lot of fans on the internet obviously complain about everything, but you guys have got some good momentum going right now. How hard was it taking that week off last week? Yeah, it was real tough. Uh, and, and I think one thing you, you take a look at is, and I've heard you, I've heard you talk about it before. And it's, it's, it's not really anything, uh, well, bottom line, if, if we had a guy come out and sing, um, my life on our show for three minutes, I, I think we'd be murdered. Right. Uh, yeah. you know, it, it's, but that's all right. That's okay. We're held to a different standard. And I think that's great. We need to, because we need to help uh, hold ourselves to a higher standard. It's a, we need to be better, you know, in every way we need to be better than they are in every way. And in terms of, uh, you know, chasing that we're, we're doing a lot of things that are a little out of the box and, and trying different things. And that's one thing we've always done eight years into the company is just, we try different things and not everything works great, but we've evolved and certainly kind of gotten to a place now where, you know, nobody gave us a shot at being around eight years ago. Nobody oh, no. gave us a shot at being on spike TV five years later now. And, you know, as we start our, you know, it's it's five years to the day, I think, coming up. What is it? October 1st, I think, is actually our five-year anniversary on Spike TV coming up in two weeks. Uh, you know, it's been one constant evolution. So while things have been, you know, we've had bumps in the road, I think you can always say that we've learned from them and continue to learn from them. And, and I think the program as a business and as a brand itself, it's expanded to a point where I don't think anybody ever thought we could get no, never. I mean, I I know that in the years of doing this show and interviewing everybody from Jeff Jarrett to the janitor at the asylum, I mean, that was something that was said with every guest is that nobody expected us to be here this week, the next week, the next week, you know. And so to see the the success, you know, I I, I take pride in that as well. But I, I get asked a lot of times if I could fit one thing in TNA, what would it be? And there's a few things, but I want to get your response on the one that I think is a major deal. Maybe you can prove me wrong and, and show me that I'm wrong. Does it seem like to you that TNA just doesn't advertise much as far as maybe other networks are concerned? Like, I know when I watch other networks, I see WWE ads. The only time I seem to see them on TNA is when I'm actually watching Spike, which is usually only when I'm watching TNA. Mm-hmm. Is there is there anything, I mean, is there a reason for that? Is it a budget issue? I mean, because it seems like, you know, I, I just, I feel like a lot more people would be into the TNA product if they knew about it. Well, you have to look at where these ads are coming in uh, and where you're seeing ads. You can watch DirecTV on just about any channel and see a pay-per-view ad for TNA Wrestling at any time of the day. Uh, they, they run a lot of pay-per-view ads for us. So in that case, you're going to see some cross-channel promotion. In the case of seeing TNA 
ads, maybe even during a WWE show, you're going to see that in the local markets when we advertise and go in and run a, uh, a live event. So that's where you're going to see that. As far as cross-channel stuff goes, a lot of cable companies have different deals. Uh, you go out and just flat-out buy television advertising on different networks. Uh, is is little more complicated than you probably think in terms of getting the clearance and who pays for it and who's co-oping it. So I'm not really too, you know, aware of that, but I do know in different advertising, you know, ventures now we've had a lot of success in Facebook and, uh, you know, different ways to advertise our live events that are really paying off for us. It's, uh, you know, we're really on top of the new media. Um, the other thing that I ask is, and I know that you're coming up, you guys are going live. Can you tell me if this is a one-time thing or if this is something you guys plan to do more often? And the reason I ask is, like WCW back in the day, I, I'm a firm believer of, of the many things, and you were there, but of the many things that killed WCW. One thing that a lot of people don't bring up is, you know, when they were going head-to-head with WWE and they started to lose towards the end of WCW, I felt like a lot of the problem was you could always re-watch WCW because, number one, it aired twice. And, you know, it's the same thing with TNA with their spoilers that get out. You know, you already know what's going to happen. And so do you think that going live would be more beneficial as opposed to the tape shows where the spoilers get leaked out way in advance? Uh, I would, yes, completely, but I don't think it's for the same reason. I, you know, and there's been a lot of debate over this uh, and debate by uh, a lot of people over this as to the merits of going live versus tape and what the, what you lose by going tape. I, I'm not sure it's for the same reason though. My big uh, feeling on going live that it's, a big proponent of it is I think it gets a, you do a better show. And yeah. I know the Mondays that we were doing live, especially the, the well, the first one, obviously the, um, there were a, a many nights where I knew that we were better because the show was live and it felt better. And I don't know if that translates to ratings directly. And I really don't know the difference between ratings performance and live shows versus tape shows. I think you'd probably be surprised how little difference there actually is. But at the same time, I think for the fans, that are online and see those spoilers, you know, the one thing that the element of surprise is one of the best elements of wrestling and right. not knowing what's going to happen is one of the things and going back to when, you know, we were fans as a kid, we, I had no idea what was going on behind the scenes. And once you find out all the magic tricks, sometimes the magician isn't as exciting to watch. Right. I'm with right. you. I don't. I don't read spoilers, and that's. I don't let spoilers get leaked on this show. We don't let spoilers leak in the chat rooms. We don't. We have nothing to do with it here on this show. I just think it ruins the element of surprise, obviously. But I have found, without naming any names, that other shows and other people will read spoilers and base their opinions of TNA off of what they've read. And that's, you can't do that. I mean, it's, it's, that's like reading the menu and saying you're full without eating the hamburger. I mean, that just takes everything out of the, out of the, you know, entire situation. And I know that a lot of fans read spoilers. And I just, you know, I've always thought that one of the best things that they could do, and who am I, besides a 
guy on the microphone, I just think that you guys would benefit so much from being alive to take that element out of there completely. I would yeah. agree with that. And at that point, it comes down to, to dollars and cents. You know, it comes down to what makes most sense from a business standpoint. And that's really, uh, no matter what you think uh, of an opinion or, or what it is going live versus taped, you know, again, I'm going to go back to this. It's we're in the wrestling business and business being the big word there. Most of our decisions are based, uh, you know, at this point for economic reasons. And, you know, I interviewed Dixie Carter on the website this last Thursday night in place of uh, impact. We put up a pretty interesting 20 minute interview with her about this. And, uh, you know, the, the basis of the decisions that are made are economic. And if you could wave a magic wand, uh, you know, she certainly would do things that, you know, we wouldn't be doing right now or would take some different chances. But, you know, bottom line is, uh, you know, we have survived this long when no one thought we could based on the business decisions that have been going on, uh, you know, that have been able to keep us afloat. And it's been, you know, through through a pretty rough economy, you know, we've been able to prosper and, and we've created a lot of jobs for a lot of people in the national area. Uh, you know, our studios to see where we came from and started off with, literally five people in a, in a boardroom to now, uh, you know, having the bottom floor of a, of a pretty big building in Nashville uh, with the best television production studios in the city, uh, you know, pretty proud of that. And it's a, it's a long way to go, and that's based off the fact that we've survived and have been able to make the right decisions at the right times. We're talking with Jeremy Borash from TNA Wrestling, and uh, we got a big pay-per-view coming up. For TNA, Bound for Glory. How excited are you for that? I'm real excited about this. And uh, we were just talking in the road over the weekend. I was with Kurt uh, Angle driving around. And, you know, Kurt's been a part of a lot of big events. Uh, you know, I went with him, uh, been there a couple times with him to the uh, New Japan Tokyo Dome show every January. We've worked Triple Mania for, uh, you know, AAA. Did uh, pay-per-views over in Australia. I worked down in Puerto Rico for Carlos and IWA WCW. A lot of big events over the years, but for me, there's no greater and no more rewarding than Bound for Glory because that, for us, is the biggest event of the year. That's the one that comes around uh, most festive when you get to see the families of the wrestlers coming to town. It's a uh, it's a really fun time to be part of the company, and it's one of those where you just kind of look back and go, wow, we've really come a long way, and you get to enjoy that success. So uh, the show is going to be off the charts this year. The lineup's going to be great. Uh, the date is cool, 10-10-10, easy to remember. And uh, I think quite a few surprises planned for it as well. So I'm really looking forward to it. Well, 10-10-10, well, I mean, they are <laughs> coming on 10-10-10. We've got a kind of a running joke on the show that we are they. Um, because... I would, uh, you guys better make it. I, I, I'll hook you up with tickets, no problem. Well, you know, I mean, I've been I've been to this pay per view twice. Um, the last time I was there was in Detroit. Um, that was that was a good show. That was the night that Sting beat Jeff, and Jeff cut the promo that he thought he was going to be done, and that was a memorable night. Loved that show. But yeah, we've been teasing the listeners because I'll be honest with you, JB, and 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 this is something that well we don't get paid to do, but we pride ourselves on being able to kind of foresee what happens in wrestling before it happens and you guys have got me stumped I, I look at I look at I look at who's out there I look at who could possibly be coming in I look at who is already there that could be they 
And I got to give you props, brother. You guys have got this redneck totally confused as to who they are going to be. Well, now see, Trey, I'm with uh, you there. I'm I'm absolutely with Trey because I I sit and I think about it, and we're both stumped. I I can't even think of one person who this could be. Well, the good thing about this guy is, and going back to the spoilers, I've been doing this long enough. I have no ego involved in this. I don't need to know everything that goes on behind the scenes. I have no clue. <laughs> I have no clue what it is. And, and be, I could probably find out. I could probably dig. I could probably get somebody into some closed door behind meeting uh, and try and scoop uh, for some info. But I don't want to know. And to, to me, at this stage of the game, you know, I like the element of surprise that fans get to experience uh, just as much as I did when I was sitting in the front row of a, of a Monday Nitro in 1998. You know, it was, it's, it's the same for me. And I think uh, that connection, I never want to lose that as a fan because that's what brought me to this in the first place. Uh, so I hope it's great. I hope whatever it's exciting or whatever is delivered on that pay-per-view. But uh, your guess is as good as mine, and I think it's, I'm glad to hear you guys are stumped just as much as I am. I don't even have a guess. I really, I mean, deep inside of me, I have an idea. But, I, I, I mean, it's not even worth mentioning to even the listeners because it's so ludicrous. I don't even have an idea. I don't have a clue. And that doesn't happen very often. Well, it'll be exciting. We're going to find out. Uh, so. You know, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of speculation on this. I, I think one thing, too, with this, uh, this event, is you're going to see the guys really put on, a, you know, their best efforts, and and they know everybody's watching, and it's, uh, I think this is, you know, they always give their best, but our talent really, uh, a lot of people always ask me, who would I take from the WWE roster right now if I could pick anybody, and I always respond with the same thing: it's not a specific talent, it's a specific attitude, and I don't want anybody. Good answer. From, I don't want a single person from that roster. I want, right. uh, well, with the exception of Gail Kim, I want her back. <laughs> but, uh, as far as anyone from that roster, I don't want them. I want the members of Fortune to become household names. I want right. the best tag team in the world, Beer Money, to be just as famous as anybody. Uh, the most exciting performer in the world, AJ Styles. Uh, Kazarian, one of the most solid in-ring performers we got. You know, those are four guys who get it, they want it, they deserve it. And rather than take somebody from a roster of another company, we have the best talent roster in the wrestling business. Bar none, period. End of story. And I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you said that. Yeah. I told people, you know, and we deal with all kinds of people that like TNA, hate TNA, and it hit me one night while watching Impact. You know, if you could have asked me in 1998, 99, or 2000, thousand is there any chance that we could get a wrestling show that would take the best from the wwe which you've you've ultimately gotten mr anderson and you've got kurt angle and jeff hardy if you could take the best of what made wcw wcw which you've gotten kevin nash hogan bischoff sting flair you know and you could take tna and what made tna with aj styles beer money Kazarian, Samoa Joe, you know, the people that are there representing TNA from being, you know, almost lifers in the company. And you can add in the best of what made ECW, ECW, all in one show. Would you watch that? Well, hell yes, I'd watch that. And we're getting it every Thursday night. And and the big, you know, obviously the big, uh, the big issue with that is finding those four different elements 
which you described very well, and piecing them in together into something that works. And it's a, you know, as much uh, shit as people give creative and, and ideas and everything, it's not a job I would want to ever do again. And I've been on many creative committees with many different people and have worked with literally everybody in the business with the exception of Paul Heyman, who I'd like to someday. But, uh, you know, have been behind those closed doors and have come up with, uh, you know, seeing what affects decisions from a creative standpoint. It's a job I would never want and never, never want to do again necessarily on a, on a big level. It's just there's so many factors, so much responsibility, uh, so much pressure. It's a tough gig. And I think for the, you know, creative drives this business and, you know, there's a lot of people working behind the scenes to make sure that, you know, those four different elements which you described, which is, is our roster, uh, you know, are put together and, and made into a winning team. And, uh, you know, I think each and every week we get better and better at doing that. Now, you bring up Heyman. We'll get to that big purple elephant in the corner here in just a little bit. But... You know, and you bring up creative. I believe, weren't you on the creative team back when you guys went from Fox Sports to the Internet-only show there for a while? Were you doing creative then? Well, you know what? I, I kind of have a unique situation. I think I'm kind of grandfathered in. If, uh, uh, you know, creative is, is a, I guess, a word that's kind of, you know, I always have the option to call up anybody on that, uh, you know, committee that meets and, and pitch ideas. And, you know, in, in terms of ultimately using my job description, no, but that door is always open. So, you know, as, in terms of, of that, it's I've got a kind of unique situation. So, uh, yeah, it was part of it, very much part of it then. That was one of my favorite, as far as storyline-wise, that's the only reason why I bring this up, is that, that was, even though you guys had gone to Internet, and it was kind of a downtime before the Phoenix, which became Spike TV, just giving kudos to you, that was one of my favorite book periods of TNA. So just wanted to throw that out there at you. Yeah, you know, and that's one of those things, too. And I, I think, you know, right around that time was when we did the AJ Styles-Daniels-Joe matchup. And those guys were, you know, getting an opportunity. So, you know, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of really cool things that have happened, a lot of memorable matches. I asked, actually, Dixie Carter what her most memorable match uh, or matches have been. And, you know, everybody always talks about the Joe and AJ Daniels match from September 2005. But, you know, Unbreakable. Last, the, yeah, that was great. Uh, but, you know, this last No Surrender, we could go last night. Uh, Kurt Angle and Jeff Hardy was, you know, one of the best matches I think we've had. Kurt Angle has had so many great matches in our company. Uh, and, of course, the Beer Money Motor City Machine Guns, uh, best of five. That's the best team wrestling I've ever seen. And, you know, so there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of guys that are really coming into play. You know, I think I was, I was talking with Kurt, I told you earlier about, uh, some of the other things going on and, and Kurt just at ringside last night, we were, uh, he was the guest enforcer of the match between the guns and beer money. And he's sitting at me, uh, sitting by me at the table and just leans over and, uh, says, geez, uh, Robert Root is effing incredible. You know, he just sits there and yeah. admires him. We've got a lot of great guys like that and uh, guys that you will see, I think, break out in one way or another that are very much main event caliber guys. I told I told Rude a long time ago that I think he's got potential heavyweight champion, bad he, super heel bad guy champion written all over him eventually. 
Yeah, and some guys you just know, and I know personally. You know, I, I travel with them. We we travel every weekend, uh, and I know him real well. And I can tell you, he's got it, and he's got the attitude. You know, there's 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 uh you know what happens behind the scenes is what happens behind the scenes, and some guys you just know. And he's got the confidence, and you know, is is definitely a star. You can tell. Well, I was at that unbreakable pay per view to see. Um, AJ and Samoa Joe and Daniels. That was the infamous "Stop Kicking Me" match with Christopher Daniels. Um, that was that was one of my favorites. But to to go back in the history of TNA, and I still say this today, um, the cage match with America's Most Wanted, where Elix walked the cage and did the Hurricane Rana off the top of the cage, was still one of the most oh my god moments. To me in TNA, that was amazing. I yeah, without I think maybe in wrestling. I mean, there's you know, it's definitely in the top five. I would think in terms of you know, it's just just because nobody's ever done anything like that before. You know, guys can fall off of large structures through different things, but to see a guy balance himself on top of a cage that high up, where if he fell to his right, there's probably a good chance he wouldn't have made it very long. Uh, you know, I mean, that was really high. And yeah. he balanced himself up there and pulled that move off from that from that height was just incredible. So uh, definitely, there's a, there's a lot of moments like that. And you know, with Jeff Hardy in there now, and and he's always planning uh, crazy stuff. The guy is just a daredevil. Uh, you know, he told me he's got some some killer things planned. He wants to try and break out here, and I'm thinking Bound for Glory might be his stage for that. So we'll see. Well, you know, you, you now, go ahead, JJ. I was going to say you alluded to the match at No Surrender just uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, you know, with with Kurt and Jeff, a fantastic match. Uh, just, I I can't imagine the injuries both of these guys sustained. I know that you had mentioned on Twitter that Kurt had popped out a rib. Uh, I guess he dislocated a rib and and got it back in place. Did Jeff suffer any injuries? Yeah, Jeff was knocked a little silly too. I think. Uh, I don't know what specifically. I know he was he was a little sore. You really can't wrestle Kurt Angle and not come out of it with a with a bruise or two. <laughs> He's, uh, yeah. he's the real deal. So yeah, no doubt. I, I think when uh, that, you know what you're going to see though uh, this Thursday night uh, on Impact, uh, without giving anything away, just it's going to be you know something's going to get settled and it's going to be uh, pretty exciting. I, I think you have not seen the last of those two, actually. I just got to ask you this with uh, with Twitter and Facebook and all these outlets and Dixie now, bless her heart, very active. You know, she comes out and she makes this announcement that's going to change the face of TNA forever. Do you get, as a person who has to handle the brunt of a lot of these questions, do you cringe sometimes when she says things like that? No, not at all, because I'll, I'll tell you, I mean, I asked her about it on Thursday uh, on the web show when I interviewed her, and, uh, you know, she explained it from start to finish, and she, she pretty much explained what's going to, uh, you know, what she said specifically, and, you know, she mentioned she had never said specifically a surprise, but rather a, a, a gradual change. And right. uh, she said, we're going we're gonna to see this on the October 7th show, so or start to see it at least. So, you know, when she comes up with something and, and feels the need to get it out there, she's doing it because the, the passion she has for it and the excitement she has for it. And, you know, I, I've heard a few things, and, you know, I'm really excited. I'm really, really excited about the uh, future of TNA, and you know, the, it takes it takes some time some people to get things out, outside the box a little bit. You look at reaction and the kind of show that is. It's 
very different from any other wrestling show that's ever been done before. And if you I love it, take a look, I love you, it. Yeah, well, if you if you listen to what fans have said, give us something different. Give us something, you know, you know, this day and age with reality television as it is, it's it's almost under the it's not under the same umbrella, but it gives it kind of that reality feel. And uh, I think that's how people are used to watching television now these days and to adjust our programming to fit that model. I think has been brilliant, and the show itself. I just, I'm in, I'm in love with with reaction. I think it's a fantastic show. I even, I even posted on Twitter, um, not last Thursday, obviously, but the Thursday before, when it was uh, the four main guys that were going to be going for the belt in tag team action. You had the Pope and Anderson versus Angle and Hardy. Just to see how that match ended on Impact, leading into. The show I, I had posted, going up to that first commercial that you guys took, I posted on Twitter that for the first time in a long time, I, I had chills as a wrestling fan and gave props to all those guys because, I mean, they really continued, you know, pouring it on from the, the minute the bell rang to the first commercial of reaction. You know, it was just perfectly done. And it, it, was, it drew me more into what's going on surrounding these guys, why they're fighting, and what's what's really up for grabs, you know. Um, I think it's a great way to give the fans even more than they're already getting. Yeah, and it's so behind the scenes. I mean, there's, there's camera crews running around. Uh, you take a look at the different television shows in production at a typical TNA wrestling show yeah. day, uh, and we, had, we just came off a, a pretty long... Uh, we well, run in Orlando. We had a pay-per-view in three days of television, so uh, it's fresh in my head. But, uh, you know, I'm running around with a camera getting stuff now for Explosion. Uh, there's another camera crew running around getting stuff for Reaction. There's camera crews running around getting for pre-tapes and International. And, you know, there's by the end of it, there's seven camera crews running around our television production facility. So the, uh, the amount of television we're producing right now, four weekly, uh, or rather four hours of weekly television with Explosion, Reaction, and Impact, uh, you know, then we got spin cycle and a lot of the web stuff we're doing. So it's uh, it's a busy time for uh, for those of us who are involved in the production side of things. But I got to tell you, the facilities in Nashville are fantastic, and the people that uh, are running our our production uh, are really phenomenal, phenomenal people. I mean, as as great as our talent roster is, the roster in our television production is just the same. Uh, all our uh, all star guys, uh, guys that have been in a long time and have been doing it. So. Uh, it's very exciting. I wish you guys could come see the uh, the facilities in Nashville as far as the uh, the radio and the production side of things because it's uh, it's pretty exciting. And uh, as far as the the future of it goes, we're looking at a lot of you know expansion. And you know, right now in this world, as you guys know, doing a show online as you are, content is king. And as much as uh, much radio content as you guys are cranking out, you know that that's what the fans want, and and content right. is what's going to drive this business. Bottom line. And we've been doing this show for over fifteen years, so I mean, anything I think that you guys can do that you beat the WWE to the punch is going to benefit you. Know, I I still don't know why a guy like yourself. Of course, there's only so many hours in a day, JB, but. I understand you're a busy, busy man, but you're the perfect guy for an XM satellite radio show concerning nothing but TNA. You know, well, that's funny you asked that. I and I had it. 
came out and said a couple things about this, so it's nothing, uh, nothing, not telling tales out of school. But I had uh, completely lined up a, a pretty good deal to be on the Howard Stern channel on Sirius, and was going to get a weekend slot on there for a couple hours, and had everything in place, and it got to a point where there were so many hoops to jump through. And, you know, I think Taz and Michael Cole had been through the same kind of ringer with these guys. So he was kind of giving me advice on the, on the whole situation. But at the end of the day, it's uh, finding the right place, the right outlet. And, you know, I think ultimately I'm kind of ahead of the curve, I think, in a little bit of, of believing that the content itself, you know, whatever's going to happen is going to be done through websites and through uh, dot coms and, and how we distribute our video and live content and uh, you know i'd like to see a day where we're televising house shows on the road and doing different things like that and that's all going to be done from within on our own website and i think that's uh when i looked at the serious deal and how much time that was going to take and the 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 headache that it was actually going to be i just figured it would be easier to start producing our own content on youtube and, and getting it out that way well if you follow jeff jared on twitter you almost get to see house shows on on the internet, <laughs> he's yeah, always no, he's great about it. And, you know, and, and that's the amazing thing about it. And you guys talked about Hulk Hogan and and the Matt Hardy video, but you know, on the flip side of things, there there's a lot of really cool content that's being put up. Uh, Jeff, great example uh, by talent, and Jeff will just walk around backstage. You know, the iPhone four has a HD camera now, so you can uh, if you got Wi-Fi, you can upload hi-fi or high-def videos from from anywhere. And he'll just sit backstage and shoot random things. And I think that's a real, you know, to be there, to be backstage, to have a camera there, you're you're really opening up the door for fans to see something they've never seen before. And, and what goes on at a backstage show and, and who's playing the Xbox in the corner and who's, who's at caring. So Jeff's I can Jeff's answer really that one. To it. Yeah, I can yeah, answer that I can answer who's playing the Xbox. <laughs> um, uh, probably, give me your names. Who do you think? I know AJ plays because I've played AJ at football, and I know them. I, I, yeah, and I know them. And matter of fact, when we were in the bar in Detroit, it was me and AJ that were trying to hook up the Xbox to the TV in the bar so we could play Madden. I remember that. And the machine guns. <laughs> I, I know I the machine that, guns. Yeah. The machine guns play. I know that. Yeah. But well, you know, you, I was going to tell is, you. you Go ahead. If you're gonna if you're gonna play AJ though, you you cannot play him online. Do not be in his presence. Oh no, uh, he has thrown. Yeah, he has he has thrown his controller. I think through now three plasma TVs. I think he's <laughs> lost. He's he's very emotional when it comes to video games. Yeah, he uh, he. I actually was was winning and walked away to go talk to Kevin Nash because I I felt like he might take it personal if I actually continue to win. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to beat yeah, him in any. Uh, you really don't. It's, no, it's, it's uh, easier to let him win sometimes and, and let him move on. You know what? It, it, it kind of reminds me, that conversation reminds me a lot of uh, the scene in the first Star Wars movie, you know, where uh, C-3PO is playing chess against Chewbacca, and Han Solo says, you know, I think you might want to let the Wookiee win. That, that's just kind of what it sounds like there, Trey. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I definitely was going to let AJ win, or I was going to tote an ass with him, probably. No, no, no. You, you mentioned you mentioned bringing up the, the the videos and everything, and I wanted to give you props, uh, and it really touched me because I, I do a lot of charity work with St. Jude, and uh, to see what you and Jeff did for the the family that came backstage, the kid that was from I believe Make a Wish that wanted to yeah. meet Jeff, that was a really good video. You guys did a great job with that. 
Yeah, and that, that's a kind of there's a lot of really cool stuff like that that happens, uh, and and fans don't get to see. So again, another aspect of the uh, of the business that you're getting exposed to from the evolution of technology is is very cool. And I think getting to see that uh, we uh, we've been shooting a lot of stuff, just random stuff backstage, and uh, you know different entrances and seeing guys come through the curtain from the back. Then, then showing them when they come, you know, come through the curtain from the other side in front of the fans. So, uh, a lot of very cool stuff. And you know, as far as the uh, charity work goes, we're doing a lot of very cool things with the uh, United States Army. And this last Friday, I went and went with the uh, Pope to speak at a high school. And it was a little high school. It was in Dalton, uh, Ohio, and. Uh, we went, and unfortunately, I got there a little early. Uh, Pope had some travel problems, so he was running a little bit late, and so we had a school pep rally that was uh, oh, nice. Pope was going to come out and speak at. Yeah, it was very cool. It was a very cool thing. Uh, so Pope was running a little late with the travel problems and uh, was on his way, so the principal decided uh, just to, without really consulting me, to introduce me to the students, give me the mic, and say, why don't you talk to me? gets here. Why don't you talk till he gets here? And I'm looking at it, and he last text I got him when he was 10 minutes, 15 minutes out. So I have a, a school of 500 kids that are, you know, all high school age kids, and I'm put on the spot and literally have no idea what I'm supposed to say. And I'm thinking to myself, the the the, the um, announcer in me goes, "All right, I, I can BS my way through this. I can certainly come up with 15 minutes of material on the spot about something." And I noticed about five minutes in, I've got nothing. I'm running out. I have nothing to say. And it turns into, it eventually evolves into a, like a bad SNL skit of a guy trying to be a motivational speaker. <laughs> I'm bringing up things and I'm making up, making up quotes. I, I have talked about a story that I hung out with Flavor Flav at the bar, and I actually did the other night. And uh, I saw he was that. Telling me about his clock. Yeah, uh, he was telling me about how his clock he wears around his neck because he never wants to forget what time it is. And uh, for some reason, I thought that would be a good story to share, and it, I just got blank stares from people. They don't uh, know who so, he yeah, is. Well, I mean, it was. <laughs> I tried to make it into a motivation, like you know, never forget what time it is, never forget where you came from, never forget where you're going. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just making stuff up at this point, and the kids the are looking 20th, at me like I'm insane. The 20th century prophet Flavor Flav once said, "Stay in school, exactly. and don't forget what time it is." I'm trying to drop some flavor flavor knowledge on these kids, and they're looking at me like they got uh, deers in the headlights there. So I finally, Pope arrives in the nick of time, and I introduce him, and he actually did a fantastic job. He's actually a, a, a very good motivational speaker. So oh, yeah. it's little things like that that you get to see and, and, uh, and see different side of things. I shot video of it and I'm going to put it up on the site, but he did a great job. So uh, the Army and, and different things we're doing with them right now to kind of give back to the community in different ways is, uh, is a very cool part of the job, no doubt. And you, you, you speak of the Pope, I said this on the show, when he came back from being hurt and had that uh, promo where he was still nursing the injury, but he had come back early and he came out and you could see the uh, it was on impact and he, he was emotional, you know. Yeah. I, I told our listeners then, I said, that is why I'm going to support that guy because of the fact that the crowd – and the fact that they were chanting and cheering for him after all this time he was gone, the fact that it choked him up 
and he kind of broke character because of it, that's why I'm going to support that guy. Because you can tell that he really loves the business and loves his fans. And I'm telling you, he's won me over. That guy can talk. Yeah. You know what? And you talk about guys that, uh, you know, we ask a lot of our talent at live events. We, uh, you know, from the minute we get there, I'm either running outside, hiding a, a backstage pass in the corner of the of the arena, or you know, we're always busy doing stuff from the minute we get to the building. And there's a lot of time that we spend with fans. We bring fans back uh, during intermission. Uh, there's meet and greets before the shows. There's meet and greets after the shows. And Pope is a guy who will stay till the very end. Mr. Anderson is a guy who will stay till the very end. And Everybody that goes to these shows that wants an autograph will leave with an autograph of the Pope if he's there, or Mr. Anderson, or Jeff Jarrett. Even uh, you know, this last weekend stayed so late. Just and it, I, I think when you ask that of your fans, and you need guys that appreciate that, and that kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier about the the talent that I would want, uh, not the specific talent, but the quality uh, of the right. talent needs to be a guy who appreciates what these fans are and and what they do for us. And uh, the Pope is a great example of that. He's the real deal. He is uh, still in school, if you can believe that. He carries his books yeah. around with him and backstage while people are on the Xbox. He's He has got his face buried in a college book uh, reading up on uh, criminal law. Pretty fascinating stuff. He is definitely uh, you know, really serious about finishing college and getting his degree. So it's it's pretty interesting. The backstage is always exciting. You never know what people are going to be doing, whether playing the Xbox, reading uh, books, throwing a football around. Uh, running, you know, with video, it's uh, it's a pretty fun place to be. Well, you know, I'll, I'll say this: as far as the Pope is concerned, I never really felt like he got what he deserved in the WWE. So it's nice to see him come into TNA and get the following that he has, and you know, truly one of the uh, best performers, not only on the microphone, but he's gotten so much better in the ring. And I'm glad to see him going someplace in TNA. You know, that's another thing Dixie Carter said when uh, when you see a talent. And, you know, Rob has been, Rob Van Dam and, and Jeff Hardy were at different places in their careers. And, you know, for them personally to come over and really fall in love with the lifestyle that TNA gives them as uh, the environment that we have, uh, Dixie said that's one of the most rewarding things of, of her job. And you talk about another guy as the Pope, you know, coming over from uh, where he was into, you know, for a, for a performer specifically, a guy like Pope and a guy who's a natural entertainer, a guy like Mr. Anderson. You know, the paycheck is great. No matter where you're, you know, money is money. When you go to the bank and you cash that check, it's a wonderful thing and it provides for your family. But at the end of the day, these guys are artists in many ways. And being into a, uh, being in an environment where you're able to flourish as an artist, and that sounds a little dramatic, I know it's wrestling, but, uh, you know, these guys take it very seriously and, and their creativity is something they work on all day when they're at TV tapings and their promos and, you know, it's, it's every bit as much of an artist, uh, artistry as, as the music business, anything else. These guys spend a lot of time planning what, what they are and who they are. Uh, you've got a guy like the Pope, uh, come over from a company where he wasn't satisfied or wasn't really happy with the way he was uh, put out there as a product and then allowed to come to TNA where, you know, we don't put the handcuffs. We're not very specific on, specifics you know i think you're allowed to go out there and be yourself in in more ways than one uh i think that's a that's a great thing about tna and that's why i think guys like hardy and mr anderson and rvd and pope that have come over have really found uh 
that they enjoy working for. Well, Kurt Angle, another great example, just love the environment, love the lifestyle, and uh, you know that's at the end of the day, you know it's it's the uh, the work environment is such an important part, of it, and it has been an important part of the success we've had. Well, you know, and, and I can agree with that. And you brought up Anderson a second ago. Uh, you know, that that's another thing. Anderson, you know, started off a run in the WWE, and every time he got a little momentum, he would get injured. Now, I'd have to relate that to the fact that those guys work, you know, 300-plus days a year. With the TNA schedule, it's much lighter. And Anderson's been with the company, what, seven, eight months now? And he's yet to yeah. really have an injury. And I think it, it is due in part to the talent he's working with and obviously the schedule. So it's nice to see a guy like Anderson, you know, kind of uh, get someplace as well. Yeah, and, and I've heard from the story I've heard, and, you know, it, it sounds like he was kind of a, a victim of the old boys network up there. And, you know, you, you have a guy with natural talent, and I know Ken really well. He'd, he'd, he'd never, uh, never come off arrogant or rub me the wrong way in terms of, uh, you know, anybody that you'd have an issue with has always been nothing but professional and so talented and so dedicated to what he does. How that guy cannot be, or, or you can't see the, the very, just the potential in a guy like that. And what he can do for your company, you know, he's selling more T-shirts than anyone else right now for us. You know, it's <laughs> from a business and for, for get creative and forget what kind of a guy he is from a business standpoint alone uh, to give that up is uh, just a, to me, a huge mistake. And I'm hoping to see Anderson and Angle at Bound for Glory, which is coming up in what, two weeks, JB? 10, 10, 10. Yeah, they had a great match at lockdown. Uh, you know, one of the most spectacular matches I've ever seen was uh, Anderson and, and Kurt. So we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, we're still we know that Kurt Anderson, uh, Kurt or Ken Anderson, rather, is in the main event. We don't know about uh, about uh, coming out of the paper yet. It hasn't played out on television, but uh, I know Ken deserves that spot. And to come in our company that quickly and, and get a spot as the top guy in the biggest show of the year, I think, really speaks volumes not only for his ability, his talent, but the faith we have in him. And uh, I don't think he's going to let us down. Um, JB, I've actually got an email that I kind of want to read to you. Uh, it's a couple questions. It's a three-parter. Uh, this comes from one of our listeners, Maverick. Uh, one of my favorite TNA specials on TNAWrestling.com has always been Spin Cycle. No one else, not even the NWA, since they have the capability of doing it, have ever dreamed of doing a show where they take some wrestlers and take out some of the kayfabe mystique and let wrestlers think for themselves. WWE did this with Bite This, but never really acknowledged much outside their own bubble since, well, it's the WWE. Do you think Spin Cycle should have been given a bit more exposure on the website? You know, I, I think Spin Cycle should be on Spike TV. <laughs> you know, but uh, you got to remember created it. And I, <laughs> I'm probably a little biased. I'm going to go on a limb and say I might be a little biased. <laughs> uh, you know, whatever, you, you need a lot to make a show happen. And... It's a great concept. The content is fantastic. Uh, you know, literally, guys, it's, it's, we shoot that show, and I'm giving the tapes, and I edit that show on airplanes and uh, in airports on my laptop across the country, wherever I am. So it's, uh, it's kind of a one-man operation, so I, I don't think it gets the attention it deserves uh, in terms of, you know, I wish we could say it's, you know, every Tuesday night you're going to get a new spin cycle, but a lot of times it's based on a lot of different things. Uh, you know when it gets done. So as it is right now, it's best left as a as a web program that's consistently, uh, you know, there and consistently good. And uh, you know, I think in terms of 
uh, I guess the best part of it is that now that we've brought it back and kind of revamped it a little bit, it is now going on Explosion, which is our worldwide syndicated show. And you're going to get, um, this week I think it starts, and it's the first three minutes basically of the spin cycle. So you're getting the first question in, you're getting the introductions of the guests, and then the first question in, and then kind of a, to see the rest of this program, go to TNAWrestling.com. So uh, that's a great thing for not only Explosion, but for the program itself. I, I know Spike.com is going to start carrying the spin cycle. So it's just a matter of getting the eyeballs out there. I know there's a, uh, I hear from a lot of fans that it's a popular program, and it's, it's basically, you know, when we thought of it, it, it's kind of a takeoff on the old Bill Maher show where you'd have four different kind of different personalities and they all kind of debate a subject, a topic. That's basically kind of what the, the idea is behind it and right. come up with a couple different topics. And, and hopefully the guests that we have on uh, are a good enough variety where you get some different opinions and some good conversation and some good back and forth. I'll tell you this much. Jay Lethal loves the spin cycle and sits in the crowd in every show and completely uh, heckles everybody which uh, now the spin cycle has been the, uh, the new popular thing backstage to go watch as a studio audience member. So a lot of times most of those tapings have uh, just as many wrestlers watching as, as uh, fans that we have there in the studio audience. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, the second part of this question, also you've been involved with TNA. In fact, your positivity with public appearances and interviews has really been my main inspiration uh, with my involvement with Rival Forge Wrestling here in Santa Cruz, California. What advice can you give me as far as keeping the faith and eventually making this a full-time career? Uh, well, here's the tough part, and, and why I really, I, I always say that I'm, I'm kind of lucky, but I also know I'm lucky enough to be given the opportunity to work really hard at something. Uh, you know, in terms of, of the lifestyle and, and where it is, you know, we just got done with eight shows and nine dates, uh, 10 states, three of them being dementia, confusion, and no confusion. Uh, but other than that, you know, it's kind of one of those things where you, you really have to not look at it as a career. You, you need to look at it as, uh, unfortunately, a hobby because there's just not a lot of jobs that, you know, that, that are there. I've been very, very lucky. Uh, you know, probably one of the only people that's had continuous work over the last 10 years that hasn't been in the WWE, uh, you know, getting to work for, for different companies and uh, uh, doing things. So I'm very, uh, very aware of that, but also at the same time, there are a lot of really talented people out there that can add things behind the scenes. And to me, the best way to get noticed is to make yourself invaluable and to be, to add a service or to give something that uh, provide. We just we just kind of hired a guy that um, has has a lot of expertise in this piece of equipment that we purchased uh, to to broadcast live video from different places. And uh, this guy, you know, contacted us. He said, I, "I hear you got this. I'm a big fan of your uh, your show. I'd like to help you guys out in any way I can." And you know, next thing you know, he's uh, he's on the road working for us. So it, it kind of happens in a way that you wouldn't really expect. You almost have to find out and fill a void in some reasons or in some ways to, to really um, get into the business. And, and I speak on that on a local level, just the same. If, if you're in Santa Cruz, California and working on a, a wrestling promotion, uh, you know, learn everything you can find out every aspect of the business from promoting to who sells the popcorn, to how many t-shirts are, are moving to, 
you know, every aspect of it that you can and learn that and try and take that into a, a further level with maybe a better promotion. Uh, maybe go down to California, to, to L.A., to PWG. You know, there's, there's promotions on a, on a smaller level that a lot of great people work for and a lot of real smart people work for. And, and you know, you climb your way up through that. And a lot of things that we've, we've come across, I think that I always tell people, if, especially a wrestler, that's uh, up and coming that wants a spot on our roster or wants to get noticed. Uh, a lot of times, if you're good enough, we'll hear about you. And that it's not just wrestling, uh, wrestlers itself. It's behind the scenes people. It's uh, different ways. A lot of times the, the cream rises at the top and we hear about uh, a great wrestler coming up on the Indies that you got to check out. So it's, uh, it's kind of a two way street. We're always looking for, uh, you know, people that can help out in different ways. So, uh, as far as climbing your way in, just just go head first, and you really have to approach it like, you know, you're not going to make a living at it right now. And if that comes down the road, great, but, you know, don't look at it any or don't expect anything more because it's really hard to come by these days, especially in this economy. Hey, JB, my name is Trey, and I've worked in radio for the last 15 years. I'm a big fan of your product. There you go, buddy. So if Get you can hire me, if you can... If you can hire me for anything, I'll even sell T-shirts. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> you got it, pal. Absolutely. <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, I, I do want to finish up. He's got one last thing, and this is uh, I think we'll get a kick out of this. And finally, since you're involved with TNA, I would love to see you do a promo towards Kevin Butler from the PS3 ads. Think about it. JB versus KB, the battle of epicness. Thanks for all your time, Maverick. <laughs> That's fantastic. Fantastic. I want to, uh, I know you, uh, I know Trey, I know you're on the Twitter. Uh, you enjoy the yeah. Twitter. You have a lot yes. of people that you talk back and forth with. Uh, I think it's in many ways, and I want to know how you guys doing this show over the last as many years as you have. How do you think the internet's changed wrestling? Um, I think that it's made everybody a critic that everybody now thinks that they can just book a show because they watch, but they don't realize that they have to deal with, you know, no compete, and they don't have to worry about egos. They don't have to worry about tenure. They just think that they can put anybody in a match, and it'll happen because they said so. Um, that, and I think that everybody, you know, reads the spoilers and lets what they read on paper dictate whether or not they want to invest two hours on the final product that everybody's worked so hard to put out. Well, you know, and at the and, same time, we're we're seeing we're seeing things like social networking. Uh, you know, the amount of, you know, when when TNA made top trending uh, list on Twitter and, and different things. You know, you're seeing a lot of uh, a lot of opportunities. And I've always been very big, and I'm I, down the road. I would love to incorporate Twitter more into a live broadcast. You know, there's uh, there's always been a thing. I I thought it'd be kind of cool to let fans pick opponents literally in real time and, and incorporate different aspects of social media, real-time social media into a live broadcast. So uh, that's one thing. That's the biggest thing to me. I, I wish we could be live to incorporate, uh, you know, so many more aspects of the interactivity that fans have access to now. You know, and, and I would agree with that. As far as my opinion of how has the Internet helped or hindered professional wrestling, I mean, really, the spoilers are a killer. I, I wish we could go back to the day when we could just sit down and watch wrestling and not worry about what's happening and be surprised by the moment. And in this day and time, you know, you've got all the spoilers out there. Everybody with a, with a headset and a, and a cheap little microphone, 
thinks that they can come on and do a radio show. There's so many radio shows saturating the market. And for, you know, pioneers like Wrestling News Live, and I've only been a part of this show really just since the beginning of the year. Uh, me and Trey kind of rebooted this show and have taken it to another level. But I really I'm the old fart. You are the old fart. You're the grandfather of, of internet radio, of course. You've been told that many times. But I, I just I kind of feel like, you know, everybody's a critic anymore. Everybody has to hate on something. So like I said, it's had its benefits. I mean, Facebook, Twitter, those those implements are pretty cool. But, you know, just the fact that everybody's a critic. Everybody knows what they're doing. Everybody can sit on their couch and book wrestling. And they don't have to deal with the egos that you guys do. So Yeah. That's a good point. That's a good point. I'll tell you what, I uh I was uh last night in we were in Windsor, Ontario, Canada with a show. I was dying to see the Video Music Awards, so I stayed off Twitter, didn't look at any spoilers, got home this morning, put it on the DVR, completely surprised, it was like I was watching it live. Got to start doing that in wrestling. Stop looking at the spoilers. You'll enjoy the show more. I agree wholeheartedly. I agree wholeheartedly. <laughs> and, you know, and, and to get to back to what J.J. was saying, you know, back in the day, which was a Wednesday, by the way, back in the day when there were only... A few of us doing this wrestling radio thing, it kind of had some credibility, you know. And and now, like he said, anybody that wants to put on a headset and sit in their grandma's basement and call themselves a radio show, they've kind of given it a bad name because a lot of people like yourself and the wrestlers, they don't want to come on these shows because they think they're going to get trashed, you know. Because well, I didn't. The, I got to be honest. I didn't. I didn't. I wouldn't normally, you know. I listen to your show, so you know, I get a lot of requests. I get a lot of requests and, uh, you know, I'll listen to a lot of shows and check them out and, uh, you know, really liked what I heard with you guys. So, you know, it's, it was no big deal. It's no big deal to do it, but you know, I'll be honest for every one of you, there are, there, there are a hundred, uh, of guys that I, you know, are probably not worth (laughs) taking the time to spend time with because they're, you know, whatever, whatever has motivated them to do it, not their love for wrestling. That's for sure. Do you Uh, remember, do you remember Whitney that used to work with TNA that was that that helped book guests and everything? Really, really smoking hot. Yes, I uh, was working with her back when we were doing. Damn, we were doing three TNA interviews a show at one point. <laughs> the whole show was nothing but TNA radio at one point. But uh, I remember Christopher Daniels calling me once and saying, "Oh my God, <laughs> I just did an interview with this show." You've got to help me tell Whitney not to book anybody else on this show. And that's kind of when it hit me that that is what is giving us a bad name out there, you know. And I don't blame you guys because I'm sure you get bombarded with, you know, everybody and their brother and sister want you to come on and talk. Yeah. And truth be told, I mean, I can, you know, I can reach a lot of people through my Facebook and through my Twitter and through the YouTube and through the DNA wrestling site. But, you know, as, as far as radio shows go, I think it's always good to get out there and just, uh, you know, hear what you guys have to say, take it in as fans. I mean, obviously your opinion means something and the, the more opinions that gather, the better opinions you can give, I think. So, uh, I'm always willing to do it. Anytime you guys want me, happy to be here. Well, now that we've got you saying that on tape, that's right. I'm Mark. I'm marking tape. Will, <laughs> Mark tape, JJ. I'm marking now that the we tape. That response. Uh, let's get into this. The Paul Heyman thing. You said you'd like to work with him. Um, I had my opinion, and I, I still stand by this. 
I think Paul just made an outlandish request, knowing that TNA wouldn't meet that request. But that's just my opinion. I don't think he's really ready to get back into wrestling. What are your thoughts on the whole on the whole thing, and what can you tell us? Well, I can tell you that uh, you know, as far as his reputation is 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 pretty amazing. Uh, you know, a lot of people have. Uh, Rightfully so, held him in a very high regard in terms of, uh, you know, what is he to this business? Is he the savior of the wrestling business? Is Paul Heyman the best mind in the wrestling business? I think you need to qualify that statement. Uh, wrestling is a business. The wrestling business is two words. And from a wrestling standpoint, I'm a big enough fan to put out a documentary on ECW, uh, the company he created. So right. I don't think I need to sell anyone on the merits of his creativity and, and my belief in them. But... Uh, the second word in that equation is business, and the most successful, obviously, over time is Vince McMahon. End of story. You can't argue that. He's obviously turned this industry uh, and has this industry's biggest empire. Uh, this day and age, the business is driven by creative, and our lives, uh, live events are very successful because we figured out a way to give you know fans a creative way to make them part of the show. So I think anything that you know, adds to that, and I and I think Paul's vision of wrestling is something that a lot of people could subscribe to, but at the same time, you know, it's, he is, uh, I think at the core, understands the basics of, of things, and it's uh, not a real, you know, the, the basis of wrestling is pitting good against evil, bottom line, and, you know, I think if nothing else, you can take a look back at what he has done and learn from that and see uh, that, you know, he's created a lot of things, a lot of ways that are pretty, um, you know, straight to it. He, he, he's got a formula that works. Right. And, you know, I think one thing that, that is ultimate about Paul is, you know, I, I think running the wrestling side of things, nobody better. I think he's proven that. I think he's, right. he's really created a lot of stars. From a business standpoint, you know, he's probably best staying on the creative side of things. Um, so, you know, in terms of getting on board with this company, it's, um, you know, well, maybe was, was his, uh, request a little outlandish and did he know it? Maybe, I don't know. I don't know what, uh, what he's really uh, looking for out of it, but, you know, I think nobody can deny his value. And, uh, from a mind, from a creative mind standpoint, you know, he, uh, he definitely has a lot to offer somebody and probably will, you know, it seems like he's, uh, He's pretty involved in MMA right now, and that's maybe where he needs to be, you know. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, if it's supposed to happen, it will. And if it's not supposed to happen right now, it's not going to happen. And, uh, you know, we'll get through. I think our TV shows uh, have really come together, and, you know, I think we're going to continue to evolve. So one guy does not make a company, and I think that's, you know, Kurt Angle would be the first to tell you that. Yep, I agree. And and I sound hypocritical a lot. I don't mean to, but I... I say that I think he made these outlandish requests, but I still think, and I think my, my partner JJ said this originally, he's the guy you want um, on creative. Just don't get him the checkbook. Let him run everything else, and you, <laughs> might, you might end up okay. And I think that he's right because I think Paul would be a great addition to TNA. Um, but do they have to have him or fail? No, I don't think so. And, but then again, I'm the homer, so I, I, I look for the best in everything you guys do. And I hope that you continue to succeed. Would I like to see him there? At times I would, 
because it feels like to me sometimes, and you, you may have heard this before, maybe not, but it seems like a lot of times, and I use this analogy on the show, sometimes something with TNA is really good and really has my attention, and then it takes a real turn. And it's almost like somebody wrote or, or, or booked or scripted this part of it and took that with them and went home, and somebody else has to come in and finish it, not knowing where that guy left off. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, you know, it, it, it does. Yeah, I think in terms of, uh, you know, hitting home runs, I, again, I'm going to go back to what I said earlier about creative. It's, uh, it's not something I, I consider myself a fairly intelligent individual and uh, is, is something I would run from in terms of taking on now as a responsibility. So, I, I, you know, it's just a, uh, it's a constant evolution, and there's a lot of factors involved. And, you know, I think at the end of the day, uh, no matter who that person is that's making those decisions, uh, you know, it's, they've got to have the, the company's best interest in mind and understand the right. basics of, you know, operating a business. So uh, that's a real important thing. I tease all the time. You couldn't. I mean, I, I I like to do it on the show because I don't have anything to, you know, worry about. If I if my ideas fail, who cares? They're my ideas. But I, I wouldn't want that job. I don't think. I, I like to pretend I would. But you know, like Kevin Nash said, one of my favorite quotes, and he's been full of them lately. But one of my favorites is, you know, everybody thinks they're a booker, but nobody's been in the ring. You know, they don't know what it's like to deal with the personalities. So that's a job I wouldn't want, but, you know, everybody seems to think they can do it these days. You know how it goes. Oh, I get, you know, again, I've been around and have <laughs> worked with every name of the business. And, you know, in terms of, you know, what, what is factored and what makes things happen and how, you know, you can effectively get out and tell the story you're trying to tell as a creative uh, visionary, it's, uh, there's, believe me, a, a lot more to it than you can imagine. And, uh, you know, as far as, uh, not being in the ring, you know, that's another aspect that I don't even feel qualified to do it. I've never, never wrestled a match. I've called a lot of them, watched a lot of them. Uh, but, you know, in terms of getting to know what the wrestler is thinking and the mentality, you've got to factor that in just as much as you have to factor in your own personal beliefs of what's right and this best in the situation. You've got to factor in how they're going to react to that and how they're going to effectively pull it off. So it's, uh, it's a pretty complicated job. And, you know, the armchair quarterbacks of the world are – always going to be there and have a passion for it and not to be looked down on for being passionate about it. Um, you know, I think it's just a way you express your love for what you're watching. And in terms of, uh, where that goes, uh, you know, creative, uh, minds in the wrestling business are, you know, are always subjected to that. And that's a real difficult thing with sometimes. Got a question in the chat room, and again, we're talking with Jeremy Borash from TNA Wrestling. Bound for glory on the horizon, 10-10-10. Lots of surprises. They are coming. We are they, by the way. Um, yes, we are. Want to uh, ask you, you guys had plans, I guess, on going to Australia. That didn't go through, I guess. Are you planning on going to Australia anytime soon? Uh, funny you ask that. I am actively working on something big for Australia. That's that's kind of my territory in terms of uh, TNA. I lived there for a couple of years in between WCW and when TNA started up and ran uh, ran a wrestling show in, in every major city in that country. So uh, it's been a, been a goal of mine personally. And I was there actually, uh, funny you say this, I was bring up Australia. I was uh, just going back and forth. Bret Hart and I were in Australia over September 11th. 
and we had just done the uh, Rove McManus talk show, and uh, yeah. we were going to go home the next morning, and we were in our hotel just getting ready to, we were going to head out and grab dinner after the show, and that's when the first plane hit. The time change, it was at night there. And for the next week, we were told to just stay in the hotel. They're going to get us on the first flight out back home that they can. And we got, we got your meals taken care of. Uh, we're taking care of the hotel, taking care of meals. Hang tight. We'll get you out when we can. And for the next week, Brett and I spent, and he'll tell you, it was one of the most amazing weeks of our lives there. It was very surreal to watch everything that was going on here from the other side of the world. And at the same time, having the news media outlets cover us, these stranded Americans, or in his case, Canadians, uh, over, uh, you know, it, and, and the country really embraced us. So it was just, it was really surreal. And at that point is when I decided I, I needed to live there and would still be living there now if uh, TNA hadn't started up. So I've, I've really uh, got a soft spot in my heart for that place and going to try and get something going over there. We have Explosion right now on there, and uh, that show is consistently in the top five sports programs of the week in the entire country. So the ratings are fantastic, and it's just a matter of uh, getting the logistics. And, again, if it makes sense from an economic standpoint, we're going to do something big over there. And uh, hopefully I think uh, 2011 will be, will be the year we finally go over and do something. Well, now i got a big question. We're talking about Australia. When are you guys going to show some love to Western Canada? I mean, I'm an American, but I got married about four years ago and moved to Calgary. Still waiting on you guys. I've worked shows with Joe. We have not done, yeah, we haven't done Calgary. There's a lot of places in Canada we haven't done. We did very, very far western Canada. Um, did some shows up there about a year ago, a little over a year ago, I think. So uh, as far as the touring goes, one thing that uh, I, I can't, I just don't have an answer for a lot of fans that always ask me is, when are, when are you coming to see us in this town or that town? Uh, I have no <laughs> no input on uh, <laughs> on where the shows are booked, and uh, you know there's uh, there's somebody whose job it is, and they pay pretty well to find that out and get the best markets for us <laughs> to go to. So we've uh, we've pretty much continuously uh, just gone back now to markets that have done really well for us and uh, ventured uh, into some new ground, but at the same time have have gone back to cities that have been very good to us and. Uh, you know, the live events right now for me is the, absolutely the most rewarding, the most fun part of the job. So if we can get up to Western Canada, uh, great. We're going to be touring, uh, I hear, the Middle East this year yet. Uh, so a lot of uh, a lot of cool places. And the travel, I'll tell you what, guys, the travel is the most, I, I don't want to say rewarding because it's a lot of work. Traveling as a tourist and traveling under work conditions are two different things. So oh, yeah. uh, getting to go as, as many places as we are, uh, sounds fun, but a lot of times I think the best part of it is getting to work with the crews and the production. Like we go to the United Kingdom and we do a 10-city tour, you know, you're working with a whole new set of production people uh, and you get to know them and, uh, you know, after two weeks on the road with them, they become family practically. And so getting to meet those people in different parts of the world, Germany, Switzerland, Australia, uh, Japan, uh, was fascinating having to work. Uh, those Tokyo Dome shows are very meticulous in their traditions and i you know versus at a tna show where they you know i can kind of roam around as a ring announcer i can go up to the stands and hand out backstage passes i can go run around give out merchandise in japan it's very formal and getting to have, having to explain how how it all works and being in the right place at the right time for for essentially what is the country's wrestlemania uh their biggest show of the year over there in a dome uh, you know, it's it was pretty exciting, and at the same time, 
uh, a little confusing and a little scary because their their traditions are such very strange. You know, I mean, I had to keep track. Uh, we had two different people keeping track of the times. I had a stopwatch there. Uh, <laughs> different different traditions they keep that were wow. uh, that were different. So getting to travel again and learning the different ways that other countries uh, even do wrestling uh, down in Puerto Rico. Uh, it's been really rewarding. Real quick story, because it just happened, the anniversary of it, but uh, we had a... Jeff Jarrett was the NWA world champion. This was going back five, six years ago. And was going to defend the title at the biggest show of the year in uh, Roberto Clemente Stadium in Puerto Rico. Right. And he was going to fight Ray Gonzalez, who was, uh, I guess, kind of compared as probably the Ric Flair of Puerto Rico. And... Uh, Jeff called me. I'm in a cab on the way over there. I'm going to shoot the show on video and uh, bring some footage back for TNA. And Jeff calls me on the way there and says, do you have a pair of shoes? And I was like, okay, why? And he goes, well, we're going to need you to referee the main event. <laughs> keep in mind, I've never done it. I've never done I've anything like this before in my life. Yeah, I mean, not even close. I mean, I have, uh, believe me, I'm not even, I have no business being in the ring whatsoever. <laughs> And uh, I said, okay, if you need me, I'll do it. Sure, fine, no problem. And uh, as, of course, it would, it would happen to be, uh, the, uh, the gringo referee screws over the babyface heel and is uh, then chased out of the stadium with batteries being thrown at him and needing a police escort. Holy that, of course, shit. being me. Yeah, it was crazy. It was absolutely crazy. Uh, just you know, the great thing about doing wrestling and uh, maybe great and not so great thing about doing wrestling in some parts of Mexico that we've been able to be, uh, and is, you know, it's, it feels like you're probably in 81, 82 in terms of the fans. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's like that era. It's the fans, uh, are not reading the internet. The fans for all intents and purposes are, are still in that era where they believe, uh, right. and believe in a very passionate way where they'll throw things at you. So, uh, leaving that, I got out of the ring when I started, you know, like a golf ball came whizzing by my head and, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's a, it's a baseball stadium full of people. So you don't, I mean, it's, it's crazy. Right. And by that time, you know, they, they definitely serve alcohol. Uh, and by that time the show goes on so late over there, they run six hour shows so they can sell a lot of alcohol. And, you know, when you go on at midnight and you know, they're, <laughs> they're ready to riot as it is. Uh, so I got out of there, had a police escort. Uh, there were fans waiting for me outside, and I got uh, six cops uh, put a hood over me and, and brought me into this van, and uh, it was great. At that point, I thought, okay, at least I survived, but what an experience, and uh, thus coining the phrase, only in wrestling. That yes. that trumps my story. I mean, that was, and here are some names from TNA's past that you'll remember. Uh, Ryan Wilson. Um, sure. Chris Harris. And Lollipop all came, they all came to Branson when, when I lived there to do a show for Tracy Smothers. And in the main event, Ryan was wrestling as Lord Humongous with Lollipop as his valet. And I was thrown into the referee spot. Never, never refereed in my life. Just watched it on TV. And we went over the finish and it all sounded good. And it was, I know this, it was the day before the NFL season kicked off. And I'm a big Chief fan. That's why it's been hard to do this with them playing football, but they won. Um, I uh, got in the ring, did the whole thing. Everything was great. And then the finish was I was to take a chair shot 
at the end of the match from Chris Harris, who I've hung out with several times in Nashville, you know, and, you know, right. had no problems. We were, we were boys. Well, he hit me like he would hit Jeff or, you know, <laughs> somebody that, that knows what the hell they're doing. I didn't. I didn't get a hand up. I didn't do it the right way. And he knocked out one of my back teeth. <laughs> and then <laughs> Lollipop is supposed to throw powder in his face and she misses and hits me. So now I've got no tooth, a headache, and I can't see. Welcome to professional wrestling, Trey. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, sounds like the night I woke up in Niagara Falls a couple weeks back. <laughs> whole different story. Whole different story. Was yeah, Flavor Flav there? He was, he was there exactly. What a, what a story! What a, what a what a great story you can tell your, uh, uh, you know, your your kids down the road or something. You so know, I, I mean, it's I, one of those things that I get a kick out of it now when a wrestler like Kevin Nash makes a comment. Well, who are they? They've never been in the ring. I could say, well, I have been once. <laughs> you know, one time, and, All right, uh, and you got your back, back your back tooth. Yeah, and I ended up. I ended up. I was in so much pain the next day that I, I ended up missing the opening day of football season. I slept all the way through it on oh. pain meds. So, uh, <laughs> we might as well uh, wrap this up because they're gonna start kicking me out of here where I'm at. I'm live at the Will Rogers Downs Casino, and uh, they treat me real well here. But when they're ready to leave, they are ready to leave. So, uh, I want to thank you personally for coming on the show tonight. My pleasure. Thanks, guys. I appreciate you uh, getting the word out on TNA and uh, Bound for Glory is ten, ten, ten. And hope everybody checks it out. It's going to be a good show. Now, one thing we've never done with you as many times as you've been on the show in the past, we've never had you do a promo so that we can use it during other shows. So we want you to cut one now, even though it's live, and we'll clip it and use it later. I do this in the studio all the time for different things. All right, guys, are you ready? This would be just monumental. We're ready. I hope you're rolling tape. You know what? Everybody at home just roll tape because this shit's going to be off the charts. You ready? Yep. <laughs> Here we it. go. Hey, it's JB Jerry Borash, and you're listening to Wrestling News Live on the SNS Radio Network. Hey, are you going to be able to I hook me up? Like, if I come to Oklahoma City for this show, are you going to be able to hook me up? Well, uh, here's the problem. I'm not going to actually be at that show. We've got, we're running two shows that night. We're in the Hammerstein Ballroom in New York City that night, so I will not be there, but uh, I will make sure you're taken care of. Thank you, sir. Because I'm going to take off from work and actually go down and, and catch a, a TNA live show, which I haven't done in a couple years because the last time I saw one was, well, of course, I've been to several pay-per-views and I've been to the Asylum and the Impact Zone, but you guys actually came to Springfield, Missouri once. Oh, yeah. That was fun. That was a good night. I At the Shrine, the Shrine Mosque. Shrine Mosque. Yeah, loud building, too. We've done that one a couple times. <laughs> So I haven't Ryan seen lost. you since then. So I'm definitely coming yeah, to Oklahoma City. Yeah, I unfortunately will not be there that night, but uh, I will make sure you're taken care of. Guys, always a pleasure. Thanks, Thank Jamie. you, sir. All right, you guys have a good night. You too. You too. Jeremy Borash from TNA Wrestling. Don't forget Bound for Glory, the big one. Ten, ten, ten. So big, so. it only happens once a century, folks. That's right, and we are... They absolutely. Oh man, what an interview! That was an hour and a half. That was an hour and a half, and we still have people <laughs> bitching in the chat room that we haven't <laughs> recapped raw tonight. 
You just saw Raw. Why do you do this to recap before? Wow. An hour and a half interview, and the Chiefs beat the Chargers. Kiss my ass. Unbelievable. You know what? We're going to take a commercial break, come back. We'll finish our thoughts on Monday Night Raw, and then get the fuck out of here. No phone calls tonight. No emails, because we don't have a lot of time. Trey's about to get kicked out. So I'm going to actually shut down what I'm doing here, and I will join you by phone. All right, that sounds good. With that said, guys, we'll be right back with more Wrestling News Live right after this. Hey, this is Santo Loco, and you are listening to Wrestling News Live. We keep it hardcore, like a 187. Keep it hardcore, LAX is a weapon. Keep it hardcore, so count your blessings. For a limited time only, WWE Shop has reduced prices on all t-shirts. Pick up your authentic top rope or basics tees while this special offer lasts. This is Jeff Jarrett, the king of the mountain, and I'm on Planet Jarrett right now listening to Wrestling News Live. Does listening to Wrestling News Live make you a smarter, more knowledgeable wrestling fan? Would the trade dog drink the Velvet Sky's bathwater? <sighs> well, hello there, Velvet. That is some good bath water, baby. Ow. Listening to Wrestling News Live does make you a smarter, more knowledgeable wrestling fan, although it will not save you any money on your car insurance. To be a champion means you write your name in the book of WWE history. To be a champion means I'm awesome. To become champion made me who I am today. Being champion means that I am the best. Now, on a night where every championship will be defended, whose moment has come? WWE Night of Champions, live Sunday, September 19th, only on pay-per-view. Can you dig it, dig it sucker? Hi, sucker. Uh, this is Booker T, the five-time WCW champion, and you're listening to SNS Radio Network. Can you dig it, sucker? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the new Wrestling News Live. And now, here are your hosts, 
All right, guys, we're back. Wrestling News Live. JJ Sexay, Mr. Money on the Mic, and the Trey Dog, who is yet to join me back on the broadcast. I expect to hear from him momentarily. I uh, do want to give a quick shout-out. I want to thank uh, Jeremy Vorash, obviously, for coming on tonight. Very long interview, about an hour and a half, right here on Wrestling News Live. So thank you guys for, for staying tuned and listening to the show. And for those of you who enjoyed the interview, thank you. For those of you waiting to, to talk about Monday Night Raw, the time is almost upon us. Again, sorry things didn't work out the way they were originally planned. We were scheduled to have josh pedra on the show for the raw recap and unfortunately that that did not happen tonight so bear with us we will definitely discuss a little bit of raw going into this earlier on as we started the show you know i said that they they did the raw roulette to start things off where we knew the main event of the night was going to end up being a tables match first time we've seen a tables match in a long time in the WWE. Some of the other mentionable matches of the night, I thought Chris Jericho's segment where he sat in the ring and had it out with the MacBook, the GM, if you will, until he got what he wanted and then was put in a handicapped cage match against the Hart Dynasty. I thought it was a very, very good match. The finish, to me, was fantastic. Tyson Kidd goes for the Hurricane Rana, Jericho catches him in the walls of Jericho and Tyson taps like Sammy Davis Jr. This obviously sets up the fact that at Night of Champions this weekend, we now will see Chris Jericho joining the match. It's now back to being a six-pack challenge. But not only is it a six-pack challenge, it's also a six-pack challenge elimination. And when you think about it, of all the guys in this six-pack challenge, there's only one that hasn't been a WWE or World Heavyweight Champion. And that, of course, is Wade Barrett. Food for thought going into Night of Champions. The main event was fantastic. Raw has not put on a main event that good in a long time. So with that said, you know, even though we got a lot of run-in interference by the Nexus... Of course, Orton and Cena turning the tables on them. And by God, Heath Slater took one of the sickest bumps I have ever seen through a table in my life. The fact that he was thrown over the top, and if he's not injured in some way, I'm going to be amazed. I could not believe the force of being thrown over that particular uh, side of the ring into the table for Heath Slater was... ugh. My God, the table just disintegrated. And, I, you know, I hope the guy's okay, but I would have to think after that he's probably injured. Uh, joining me on the phone line, I believe the Trey Dog is back in the house. Are you talking about the one-man rock band and the one-table experience? Oh, my God, what did you think of that sick-ass bump? You know, at first I thought, oh, my God, as he was going over the rope. But then I thought, as, as I still thought, oh, my God, once he hit, Kudos to that guy, who to Heath Slater, because he adjusted in midair 
to make that work. I mean, he basically was just blindly thrown, but I mean, he adjusted and twisted just perfect to hit that the way he did. So, I mean, that was, uh, it could have been a lot worse than it was. Well, like I said, uh, I, I, I kind of covered some of the matches. Uh, the one I haven't got to, uh, as far as the main event was concerned, what were your thoughts on the main event? I thought it was one of the best main events I've seen on a Monday Night Raw, despite all the interference, you know, from Nexus, from the other guys in a six-pack challenge. Um, but you had to expect it because it's the go-home show for that pay-per-view. Absolutely. You know, and WWE does this so much. I mean, it's synonymous with, you know, making opponents tag together before a match, what they're going to have at the pay-per-view. You know, for instance, Cena and Orton, let's say they were going to have a match at Night of Champions, they'd tag the go-home show, they'd tag team together. They do that a lot also. But the run-ins, getting everybody involved, that's just a way to show you, hey, as, you know, you're only going to get 15, 30 seconds of what it might be like to watch an entire 30-minute match if you buy the pay-per-view. Absolutely. And, and, you I, know, and that's perfect advertising. It is. I, I love the finish. Where it looked like John Cena had the upper hand, he goes for the uh, attitude adjustment, and uh, Randy Orton gets that RKO and puts him through the table and is immediately. Now, to my knowledge, this is the second time now that Cena has gone for the attitude adjustment and been RKO'd out of it. Absolutely, it is. So, I think the reason they did that was so that people like me would go, "I think that's happened to him twice," so that you go into the pay per view wondering. What is John Cena thinking if his finishing move, his number one knockout punch, not once but twice has been countered into the RKO? Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, and, and I, I made mention of this right before you joined the program, that of all the guys involved in this elimination six-pack challenge, only one of them hasn't been a world champion, and that's Wade Barrett. Yet. And that's... Kind of where I'm going with that. I I, I kind of think that you know, and it's. I know we usually do predictions on uh, Sunday Night Showdown, but I would be very surprised if Wade Barrett, by hook or crook, did not walk out of this elimination six pack challenge the new WWE champion. Now I, I know there's speculation in the chat. I know TM Bronx says that Barrett's going to win, and then Miz is going to cash in Money in the Bank and turn face and beat Barrett. I don't see that happening. It's no, not, it's, it's not, yeah, much. well, Miz is not ready to be a face yet. We're, this is yeah. a slow build. Miz is going to be a face in time, but I don't think this is the time. And if if Barrett does, in fact, win the championship, it's not going to be a long-term uh, run. I, I don't see it being maybe maybe a month or two. I would say the one guy you got to toss out of uh, as a, not a winner would be Jericho. Yeah, Jericho's leaving. He's going he's gonna to leave um, for a bit. I think the fact that Edge teased the fact that if he won, he'd hold the title hostage, that he's out. Yeah. Um, the If this was a Vegas betting line, odds would be on Randy Orton. I'd have to say it would go Randy Orton, John Cena, Sheamus, Wade Barrett, Edge, Jericho, in that order, if it was a betting line in Vegas. I mean, if the, if, the, if, the, if the people in Vegas knew what we know about Jericho leaving, you know, and all that, Edge teasing about it tonight, I would say that puts them at the bottom below Barrett. And then you got Sheamus retaining, which I brought up the point in the chat room. In the chat room, 
I, I wasn't being, I wasn't, I asked a question not really looking for an answer, but I got it anyway. Um, it was more of a sarcastic thing when, you know, it's, they, they've been doing it a lot. They did it with CM Punk. I mean, everybody, but like that top of the hour main event, that first main event, how many times has Sheamus been in that match as opposed to the final match since he's been a champion? Well, that's that's a really good point, and I guess that's something that we should think about too. Uh, I do remember a couple of years ago in the six-pack challenge that they had at Night of Champions when I believe it was like Booker T and John Cena and Bobby Lashley and Mick Foley and Cena was the champion that he retained. It's It's possible... That Sheamus could continue to be the WWE champion after after the fact, but I think what people forget to realize is that Randy Orton still has a re a rematch clause with Sheamus. The last time those two fought, it ended. If I'm, I think I'm, I'm right. It ended in Randy getting the win, but Sheamus retaining the title. It ended with some uh, skullduggery. For shenanigans, and the Some next chicanery. night on Raw, they came out because the stipulation was, if Randy lost, he would no longer get a title shot as long as Sheamus was champion. Remember? I remember that. Yeah. He technically won the match, but didn't get the championship due to disqualification. So then Randy came out and cut the promo about how he still won the match and get the rematch. And that's when we went to this six-man bullshit. So with that in mind, I have a feeling that Sheamus retains. And then going into the next pay-per-view, it's Randy Orton and, and Sheamus, and Randy goes over. That's uh, That could happen. I that... mean, they want you to forget about that. No, it, you're right. I think they do. You know, but it is true that he holds a rematch clause against Sheamus should Sheamus come out of this six-man as the champion. And I wouldn't be surprised if Sheamus does win the belt if the first thing you hear on Monday is Randy Orton's music and him coming out to uh, remind everybody of that. That's a good point. Um, as far as the main event goes, like I said, I really enjoyed it. There was one match, though, that uh, I thought was a, a very, very good match from story point standpoints. The way that they kind of brought it up the fact that if John Morrison was to beat Sheamus tonight, he would have been inserted into the six-pack challenge, which I thought, honestly, after last week, he probably should have been put in it because he's the guy that beat Jericho. Right. Uh, he had the match with Sheamus tonight, a Falls Count Anywhere match. And let me just say, the athleticism of John Morrison is off the charts, ladies and gentlemen. When he was thrown off the stage by Sheamus and did his... 360 flip and landed on his feet. I was fucking impressed big time. Did you feel watching him tonight, even with what he did before the match? I forget what that's called. Where you, if somebody in the chat room's probably already answered me, but whatever that's called, where you bounce around a building and walls and all that jazz, um, with them showing that. And then the way it, he really looked like a different person to be tonight in the ring. 
did you get the feeling that somewhere somebody turned him loose and said, just do what you got to do? You know what? I, I think they did. I even loved his uh, pre-match uh, you know, warm-up before the thing where he's jumping around on, on top of crates and jumping hurdles and doing all kinds of crazy shit. I mean, I was... You know, I, can't, I can't think of what that's called, but it's called something. I, you know, I, I found it to be fascinating. I, I really think that he stepped it up tonight. I hope this is, uh, you know, something positive for things to come as far as John Morrison is concerned. You know, I'm a homer for John Morrison. Uh, I know there's a lot of places and, and there's a lot of radio shows out there that just think this guy is the drizzling shits. You know, I'll admit he did kind of fall flat on his face from jumping to SmackDown to Raw, but I really think they should have kept John Morrison on SmackDown because I do too. He was on a roll. He was doing well over there. He was having great matches. I mean, I, I think right now you have a really hot feud between Drew McIntyre and John Morrison. I, that, I think that's money in the bank right there, no pun intended. I mean, as, as much as I enjoyed the main event, and people probably call me crazy here, I really felt like Sheamus and, and Jomo to me was, was probably agree. the best I match agree. tonight. I don't often agree with you when it comes to shit like this, but I will tonight. I think Jomo and Sheamus was the match of the night. You know, and, and I didn't, I didn't care for the Edge thing, but oh well. If I was Edge, since he's supposed to be the ultimate opportunist, I wouldn't have let Henry get the win. I would have, as soon as he slammed Evan Bourne and speared him and did all that shit. The minute he had his back turned, looking at Michael Cole and Mark Henry's music hit, and you saw the frustration in Edge's face and his demeanor, he should have waited, 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 let Henry start crawling into the ring. He should have hit the mat, rolled out, grabbed a chair, and just started waylaying on Mark Henry till Mark Henry couldn't get up. And then, you know, as Henry's coming to and getting to his feet, then have Edge body slamming and get the win, or I would have just, if it was me writing this, and here we are fantasy booking again, armchair quarterback, I would have had Edge just beat the living shit out of Mark Henry with a chair and not even concern himself with the body slam, just roll out of the ring and start walking back up the ramp. Yeah, but see the then... Whole, the whole F you, I'm not going to do what you tell me theory. Yeah, but see, then we would have had the general manager chime in and say, oh, if you don't body slam him or get body slammed, you're out of the six-pack challenge so either way i mean well, I, I think i think they screwed up i think they may have changed their mind last minute i think that there's something going on where because they took it away from jericho just for him to get it back i think that they may have had plans to go a different direction and change their mind the last minute to put jericho back in just something about the way this all went down i feel that way well and that's that's a good thought to have I, you know what? The match to me tonight that came across as, and I'm going to quote the Trey Dog on this one, worthless as fake tits on a man, <laughs> as I'm doing the quotation signs, um, had would have to be Truth and Eve versus DiBiase and Maurice. I mean, really? Yeah, that's just... Not only, not only did JB say it when he said that he listens to Wrestling News Live, but it just proves that he does because he said to quote Trey, if that would have happened on TNA programming, there would have been a riot. He's right. 
you know, and he's right. If they would have done that segment on a TNA show, you motherfuckers would have come unglued. I mean, you'd have been throwing televisions out the windows of hotels. You'd have been fucking rioting in the streets. Cars would be on fire. It looked like Mad Max in a Thunderdome if TNA <laughs> did that segment on their show. Well, on, on the plus side, I try to find something positive in everything. On the plus side, at least uh, R-Truth didn't come out to What's Up anymore. Well, that, here's the real plus side. Okay. In a karaoke bar, Teddy DiBiase didn't do a bad job of singing my way. We found that Maurice, as hot as she is, she really can't fucking dance to save her life. But then again, it's hard to dance to my way. So, we also furthered the fact that I think Eve Torres is smoking fucking hot. And I don't know about you. I won't speak for JJ because there's a good chance Mrs. Sexay might be listening. But <laughs> when I look at a hot chick, I don't just look at a hot chick and go, wow, she's hot. I look at a hot chick and I think to myself, I wonder what she's like in bed. And I think Eve would be a monster in the sack. I just, I don't know why. I'm developing this thing for Eve Torres. I don't know. I want to put my beef in her taco, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> a little extra beef in the taco. That's right. Nice, Trey. Nice. I'm married. I'm not dead, man. Come on. So did you literally have Jerry Borash on the line when we were talking about Hulk Hogan taking a shit? Uh, he called in right as we were done talking about Hogan taking a steamer. <laughs> nice. Only on Wrestling News Live, folks. Because when he referenced our having that conversation, I thought, <laughs> holy shit, he heard us talking about Hogan taking a shit. Well, it was newsworthy, right? Like I said, everybody watched it. No such thing as bad publicity, as JSK would say. This is true. <laughs> I want to say <laughs> happy belated what would have been, I think, his 44th birthday. On September 11th. Yes. And happy birthday to uh, one Hunter Golden as well, who shares the same birthday. Now all you internet haters can run over there and tell them I mentioned his name on the show. Don't worry, they will. I'm sure of it. Well, I don't know. I'll get blamed for calling somebody out. Something. I don't know. Anyway, what a great interview we had tonight. Yes. Can I, pat, can I pat myself and you on the back at the same time? I think you can. Okay. And before we actually get out of here tonight, um, I, I do want to... It's unfortunate we got we to gotta bring this up, but we've unfortunately had another wrestling death. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people will probably remember him most as Bastion Booger. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. Mike Shaw passed away at the age of 53 this past week. So my thoughts and condolences go out to his family and friends. Um, you know, for a lot of Man, you... I'm getting tired of saying that. Uh, dude, I'm telling you. Uh, for a lot of you out there who don't know who Mike Shaw is and only remember him as Bastion Booger, uh, he had so many wrestling gimmicks, but it, it's sad to know that Bastion Booger was the one he's going to be remembered for the most. He had a fantastic run in Stampede Wrestling as Muck and Sing and had... a a series of great matches against Owen Hart. Um, mm -hmm. He was known as, you know, Norman the Lunatic in, in WCW. He was even Friar Ferguson 
in the WWE briefly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it goes to show you that, you know, the Bastion Booger, for, for all its grossness and uh, humorous overtones, and the thing that saddens me the most is this is only, what, two weeks since Luna Vachon passed away? And now we've got... Bastion Booger passing away, and one of the most memorable things about Bastion Booger in the WWF was when he kind of teamed up with uh, Bam Bam Bigelow and Luna, and they had that bizarre love triangle thing going on where Bastion was, you know, infatuated with Luna, and it caused some friction between him and Bam Bam, and that's probably the angle he's going to be most remembered for, and it's kind of weird, you know, two weeks after Luna passes away, we, you know, there goes Mike Shaw, Bastion Booger, so... So, not to change the subject, but back to WWE Raw, I felt like tonight was an entertaining show. I said this earlier. It was kind of like, you know, if you go to a Dane Cook movie or if you go to a Will Ferrell movie, you know they're going to be funny, but you don't expect Oscar performances. As long as you go in going, okay, this is going to be stupid. And I'm going to laugh. I'm going to quote this movie several times later on down the line. It's not meant to be Oscar-worthy. It is what it is. You enjoy it. But from a wrestling standpoint, tonight's show was just kind of hit and miss. And it was definitely a weird way to go home to the pay-per-view. Would you agree? You thought it was hit and miss? I I got to be real honest. I I enjoyed the show. I, as a matter of fact, as far as ra- as far as a rating for it goes, with it being a go home show, I would give it a B plus straight up. Just for the main event, the Jomo, uh, Sheamus match, yeah. and and Sheamus looked fantastic in that match. I was going to give it a B for a letter grade for the same reasons you gave it a B plus. Um, I even enjoyed the backstage promos with Edge and. Uh, Zach Ryder with Sheamus coming in and you know saying what he had to say and you know I I, I thought the night show was just it wasn't so much about the wrestling as it was the entertainment even though there were a couple solid matches oh my god and, and I just remembered one of the matches that really wasn't a match but I found hilarious and damn near just died laughing had to have been the uh uh what was it the mismatch uh the the switching yeah. places match between Goldust, William Regal, and, uh, you know, <laughs> I love the fact that, you know, Goldust was dressed as William Regal with the, the funny-ass wig, the little curly fucking look like he got a perm or something, you know. And See, then, I, thought he should have, I thought he should have a blonde afro and his speedo coming out like pubes. That would have been hilarious. You know, and then the fact that William Regal gets in the ring and does Goldust's signature, uh, Thing where he's sitting there feeling on himself, and then he fucking pulls out the knucks and just pops him, knocks him out, and goes for the pin. Oh, it was perfect. It was perfect. Fantastic. Fact, not only was that perfect and hilarious, but and we're not doing this segment of what is Goldust saying on Twitter, but last night he was in rare form. We'll save that one for next week. Maybe we'll do a segment next week. So, definitely need to follow the golden one on Twitter if you get a chance. But all in all, yeah, a B and you give it a B plus, but different, a different type of go-home show, but entertaining nonetheless. Absolutely. I, I found I mean, it. in the grand scheme of things, did tonight make you want to buy the pay-per-view any more than it did before? Uh, I wouldn't say it really made me want to buy the pay-per-view for anything. I'm actually excited that it's going to be an elimination um, six-man match. 
Right. As opposed to just a six-man challenge. You know, I, I, I was a little interested to see that they have officially announced Big Show and Punk. Neither one of those guys is a champion for a, for a pay-per-view called Night of Champions. I, I found that interesting, but... Yeah, yeah, that is interesting. Um, and did, did they even announce the Hart Dynasty defending their titles? No, not yet. <laughs> so... And, and here's what's ironic. I, as you brought them up, I was about to myself. I will give credit to WWE booking because, you know, a lot of people will probably say, oh, Jericho squashed the tag champs. How does that make them look any good? Well, not necessarily. He squashed one of them, and he didn't even... And they had a good one-on-one segment there for a while with him and Tyson Kidd. you got to remember that Davey Boy, or whatever, David Hart Smith, eliminated himself early in the match by escaping the cage, and once you're out, you can't go back in. So it was kind of one of those, oh, you idiot, why did you leave? You guys had the two-on-one. Well, he thought they had it won early. So I think that was pretty pretty good writing on the far, on the part of the, the booking team for the way they made that work out. No, I would agree. I, I don't think that they made the Hart Dynasty look bad at all. Now, if if he had beat them both in the cage, yeah, right, then we'd be talking. Oh my, we would have started the show with what the fuck? Yes, that would have been pretty messed up. But the way that it ended, I thought was good. Like I said, it's not really making me want to buy the pay per view. I mean, obviously, I'm going to buy it anyway because because of what I do and. The fact that, you know, I love professional wrestling. Uh, I'm eager right. to see what's and going to happen. The thing called, uh, what is it called, what is it called, what is it called? Sunday Night something. Sunday, Su- Sunday Night Showdown, I think, or something. Oh, that's right. Same thing as the network. Sunday yeah. Night Showdown. And we have the full cast of characters this week, or what's the plan? Uh, I do believe Harmony will be back in studio for uh, Night of Champions. She was home for the weekend, and she left today. Got on that jet plane and flew back to Vancouver, and uh, she'll be back on Friday. Even on a jet plane, <laughs> don't know, I'll be back again. Now, I, I will tell you this. Uh, there, there's going to be a couple dates coming up that uh, we're going to have to possibly do some uh, reshuffling of, of the network shows or even see if you could produce some of the shows because when Raw comes to Calgary, I'm fully planning on going to that. So whether I'm showing up late or or whatever, we'll probably have to either have a, a delayed start time for the show, or maybe you can run it. I don't know. We haven't decided that yet. But there's also going to be... What day is that? Uh, I th- I'm trying to remember. I think it's the 19th of October. Oh, this, uh, this, oh of October? Yeah, uh, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll find out. I, I don't remember exactly what what the date is. I'm still looking into that. But I know they are going to do a, a Raw live here in Calgary, and you know, obviously Bret Hart's going to be a huge part of that show. Uh, but I am going to go to that. And... There will also probably be a time in October, I think maybe October 15th is what I'm looking at. I'm probably going to take a weekend and fly to Vancouver to spend some time with my wife. So, And I'll be gone till like a Monday or something. So we'll see what happens. Well, we'll figure it all out. So yeah, just things that are on the horizon. All right. Well, that being said, I think it's time to wrap this bitch up for the night. I think so, too. Uh, I have a song of the night in mind, and it's partially it partially directed at the fact that R-Truth had new music tonight. So, Sure, go for it. Um, sorry about not taking phone calls tonight, gang, but uh, I wasn't expecting Jeremy Borash to stay on for an hour and a half. 
Yeah, we really weren't. And, you know, I, I want to thank Jeremy again for, for coming on and, and spending that much time with us. That was awesome. Don't forget Down for Glory 10-10-10. They are coming, and we are they. Yes, yes, yes. And don't forget, on a side note, no unplug tomorrow, but tune in at 9.30 Eastern to hear the second episode of the CauseCast with myself and Charles Shane of Cause.ws. We will have on the program, and we will be taking your calls and answering your questions in regards to SmackDown versus Raw 2011. And for those of you that are taking off your shoes and trying to count, 9.30, 10.30 Eastern, 11.30, 12.00, just remember it's one hour earlier than Unplugged normally starts. That's right. NXT will be on, and I will not be watching it. No. <laughs> Me either. I'll be at work listening to you do the calls cast. And don't forget, we'll also have another episode of MMA Archived this week on Friday. And on Sunday, we return. The SNS crew is back to cover Night of Champions. So that's what we have to look forward to right here on the SNS radio network this week. Also, another side note, um, I was approached to do a, another show, but it's not wrestling, it's not even a talk show. It's something that people I know outside of the Wrestling News Live family that are friends of mine that do a lot on the internet have asked me to do in the past, and... I I I thought about I've actually thought about this for several years now, and I've wanted to do it. If you listen on the weekends to country radio, there are a million country countdown shows. You know, Bob Kingsley, Kicks Brooks, you know, the American Top Forty, whatever CMT with uh, some jabroni doing a countdown. Some jabroni, I, I like that. Yeah, something really. I am going to start doing my own top 20 countdown of country music. And we'll be going off the Billboard top 20. And I do have, just like all these other countdowns, I have, you know, guest clips, artist clips from the artists themselves where we'll be talking with them. Also, I'll be doing the top 20 songs in country music with a look at songs that might be entering the countdown in the coming weeks, a flashback to what was number one the week before. It'll be a fun, probably two-hour radio show of me just talking about country music and playing country music, which is what I, I like to do anyway. So I will be doing that on the WTR site, and it's only going to be on Saturdays. It's going to be Saturday nights starting at 9 o'clock Eastern, 8 o'clock Central. So come over and listen if you want. If you don't like country music, just come over and listen to me. Bullshit if you want. I don't know. But uh, it's not going to be a talk show. It's just going to be music. Me DJing music for two hours and talking between songs and kind of hosting it that way. So if you're interested in that kind of thing, we're going to start this Saturday. Very cool. So there you have it. Oh, and I've had people ask about the doghouse. I would say we're about a month away. If everything goes as planned, we're about a month away from making that happen. To where I'll be live right after TNA Impact. 
Very cool. Very cool, man. Just keep everybody updated. We'll definitely tell you what's going on. So with that being said, let's get the hell out of here and put this one in the books. I have to agree on that note. We're going to let the birthday boy take us out. JSK, kick us the hell out of here, my friend. Cool. With that being said, thank you very much for listening to the show. Thanks for everybody uh, that participates in the forum boards, and thanks for everybody participating in the chat room. Until next week, peace, 420, kiss my ass. Good night, white people. I'm out. Hey, 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 all y'all scruples, y'all got to go. We taking over this club tonight. Little Johnny Sawboy and Yay Yay, let's get this thing crushed. Touch your toes. 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 Tou
Bend over to the front, touch your toes. Hey, man.